podcast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. With Gene and with Chris on the Paracast, I want to assure you that Chris is almost fully recovered from the writing of Stalking the Hurt, which is at the printer as we speak. I think it got printed yesterday, actually. He's talking about Wednesday, the 19th of February. And it's going to be, what, two or three weeks for it to reach the stores? Yeah, probably about 10 days. So I should be getting my first case in a week. Okay, they'll have a special episode. We will. We're going to have my erstwhile mentor and research uh, associate, David Perkins, on here in in, uh, a few shows. It'll be his first visit to the Paracast. I've been trying for four years to get him on, and now he's finally relented. (laughs) He doesn't do much radio. Well, I can understand why. If I wasn't doing radio shows, I wouldn't do much radio either. All right, let's look at some of the news in the last week. There's some wacky stuff's been going on. Oh, boy, I'll say. All right. UFO magazine. Now, there used to be a UFO magazine in the UK that folded some years back. Then we had UFO magazine being published by Bill and Nancy Burns, formerly owned by Don and Vicki Ecker. It gets complicated. Let me try to explain this to you. So that UFO magazine over the last year or two becomes more and more infrequent and then reaches a point where it's going to be all digital. But now it appears that the owner or owners of UFO magazine has discontinued the license to Bill and Nancy Burns to publish this magazine. Who is the real owner? I don't know. It's UFO Magazine Incorporated, so look it up, I guess, in California, if it's a California corporation. But Bill and Nancy Burns won't say, and Don and Vicki Ecker, who sold the publication, won't say because there is a contract. Now, I understand the Ecker sold UFO Magazine and there were reasons for that. But a publication that's supposed to reveal the truth about UFOs, fight for disclosure, but the owner will not reveal himself or herself or their selves? What's about that? I don't know. That sounds uh, a little peculiar. But, um, hey, it's, you know, the word is out. Uh, I think I've seen a couple of articles here recently, people bemoaning the fact that ufology is has been dealt a knockout blow in some people's minds, and we're looking at the end of uh, what could be called as the era of ufology. And and that's, uh, I think that might be a bit of an overstatement. These objects aren't going anywhere. They do tend to fly around, and people are interested in them. But with some of the stories that have been coming out, Gene, lately, it's um, it's really really disheartening for someone that is genuinely interested in, in the subject. I think this latest... Uh, News out of Denver is another example of of a personality being brought down by extenuating circumstances. He's talking about Stan Romanek. Now, we had Stan Romanek on the show, what, a long time ago. He is or was a contactee, someone claiming to be in touch with aliens. And we had that crazy picture of the alleged alien looking through the window and didn't take him seriously. And now we get the story this week that he has been arrested for suspicion of child pornography and exploitation. That's a pretty nasty stuff. What's going on here? Yeah, I I don't know. Obviously, the man is innocent until proven guilty, but 
the very fact that this was discovered by the Department of Homeland Security, there's some weird kind of elements going on here uh, based on the little bit of news that has come out about his arrest. Let me read the story. This is from the reporter, Harold Loveland News, okay, Colorado. And it says a 51-year-old Loveland man has been arrested on suspicion that he distributed child pornography. And they identify Stanley Romanek, arrested on felony charges of sexual exploitation of a child. But listen to this now. I'm going to quote this. According to police, the arrest was the result of a months-long investigation into tips provided by the Department of Homeland Security. Now, I would think here that if the DHS is investigating, it involves something that happened overseas. It's not domestic, don't you think? Well, maybe the Department of Homeland Security uh, is worried about his uh, <laughs> extraplanetary security and visits that he claims he's had. I, I, I just It doesn't make any sense to me, Gene. Why would uh, DHS be involved in a case like this? It, it just, uh, I would think it would be the FBI or it would be some sort of federal law enforcement organization, not the Department of Homeland Security. Um, I, I think more obviously is going to come out about this case, but or this claim and alleged wrongdoing. But it, it just something is kind of screwy there, at least in my mind. Now, his other half has said that he was arrested because of his UFO connection. They're trying to discredit him. We understand that anyone was charged with a crime will usually protest their innocence. We grant that. So we don't know the truth about Stan Romanek. We're not going to say that he is guilty. I know nothing about this case. Chris certainly doesn't. We'll have to see how the legal process works its way out. If he's being singled out, not because he's guilty of a crime, but because of his connection with UFOs or whatever, that's a horrible thing. If he's innocent and being charged, you know, that's enough to destroy your life. This is one of the worst possible crimes that anyone can be accused of. At this point, you know, it's going to be very difficult, even if found innocent, for him to recover. So it's a really sad situation. Well, we had a similar thing with Bruce Cornett, too, from uh, New York. He was embroiled in a a very similar type of scenario uh, down in Texas. Ouch. Yeah. Um, he was the last managing director of NIDS. I don't know. It's a kind of a crazy world out there. I'm not going to assess what's going on. Once again, I don't buy his contact claims, but this, we have nothing to say. And if anyone, by the way, has insights on who really owns UFO magazine, I'd be curious. I mean, yeah, I guess they're entitled to their privacy, and a contract is a contract. But wouldn't you like to know? I mean, a publication that has been fighting for UFO disclosure, reveal the truth, let it all hang out. Who owns it? Can't tell you. I don't know. Let's move on to our show today. Now, about seven years ago on the Paracast, we featured Daryl Sims, the alien hunter. At least that's his nickname. And we've invited him back because he always has lots of things going on. Lots of fascinating stories to tell. And we also have a huge number of questions from our listeners. 
about his work. And obviously, it's going to be both skeptical and otherwise. You've known him for a while. Chris, what's your assessment? I have. I've known Daryl uh, since the early 90s. Uh, I met him down in Houston. And, um, you know, I, I will remember forever distinctly meeting him when he walked all the way down the hallway right at me, got right in my face, nose to nose, and said, I'm Daryl Sims. And I said, I guess you are. And he, I like the response. I love the response though. (laughs) Well, he sat me down at the table and all of a sudden I realized I had galvanic skin response, uh, uh, clips on the ends of, uh, several of my fingers. And he did it like a magician. I didn't even realize that he had already hooked me up to a lie detector test. (laughs) Oh boy. You know, we understand here that there's no way he can do this over a Skype network connection. Or maybe he has powers that we do not understand. <laughs> Imagine Daryl Sims, he's going to give Chris another lie detector test. Did you pass, by the way? Yeah. He asked me about my, uh, my up-close and personal experience when I was a young, young child. And, uh, and I guess I passed. At least he, uh, he still talks to me now. This is, what, 20-some-odd uh, years later. So, you know, I, I've known Daryl for a long time. I scratched my head and... He's quite the character, you know. We'll uh, we'll get into it today. I'm going to ask him about the lie detector test. First okay. question. Okay, Daryl Sims, the alien hunter, joining us with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners, 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Gold isn't for you? Ted Anderson, president of Midas Resources, one of the world's premier gold and precious metal investing firms. I get it. You wouldn't buy gold if you believed that the government is doing a great job, that the Fed will stop handing out trillions of dollars like bailout candy, that Social Security would be there for you. That's not what's happening. You might even pass on gold if the stimulus package wouldn't fuel inflation, or that the dollar wouldn't lose value, or that your retirement would be secure. If all looks rosy to you, then now is not the time to buy gold. For the realists, there have never been more sobering reasons to diversify with gold. Since 2001, the U.S. dollar index has tanked 30% while gold has risen 300%. Right now, savvy investors are adding gold to their portfolios. You should too. Find out what they know. Call us and I'll send you 10 reasons why gold will do very well, free. 800-686-2237. 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Do you owe the IRS money that you can't pay? Are tax liens and levies ruining your life? Are you tired of being afraid just to go to the mailbox? If this describes you, then Dan Pilla can help. 
Hi, I'm Dan Pillen. I've been solving tax problems for more than 30 years. In fact, I wrote the book that made it possible to negotiate settlements with the IRS, and I've helped thousands of people do exactly that. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. New changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever before eliminate their debts once and for all. There's no need for you to suffer another day with IRS debt. Call 800-346-6829. I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. There are many things the human body can do very well, but maintaining the proper pH level isn't always one of them. That's where AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops can make a world of difference. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops helps your body do what's natural. Just a few drops a day helps rid your body of harmful waste and acid while promoting health and restoring vibrance and energy. Alkalizing boosts your immune system and can help fight headaches, irritability, cramping, and insomnia. Alkalizing also helps the body fight depression and even bone loss. To learn more more about the importance of alkalizing and how you can find life-changing and vital balance, please visit AlkaVision's brand new website at AlkaVision.com. Same great products, but now easier to use and more informative than ever before. To get your very own plasma pH drops for just $29.95, call 800-518-7615 or visit AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Alkalize your body and supercharge your health at the new AlkaVision.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. We have Daryl Sims, the alien hunter, on the Paracast with Gene and Chris. Before we do anything else, Daryl, I have a distinct question to ask you which is probably going to be silly it's going to be ridiculous but i'll ask it anyway because it's my show why are you the alien hunter that's a term that came to me by uh uh actually was a journalist Uh, they were interviewing me in 1994 and as she interviewed me she looked at me and said oh my god you you hunt them my god you're the alien hunter and that's where the term actually came from and uh it's stuck ever since all right. So now you are the alien hunter. So let's talk at the beginning here. How'd you come to start hunting aliens? That's an easy question to, uh, to answer. The easiest way to deal with this is uh, after my first event in 19, that would be 1952 at age four, the uh, entity came in my room and uh, I had no idea what an alien was or anything else and neither did anyone else. And 1952. Um, I was awake. Uh, I watched him leave the room. He was walking toward a wall. And anyway, long story short, after my event uh, that night, and then uh, for the next 13 years until age 17, my events ended violently, and I never had another event. So I thought, wow, this is great. I hope nothing else ever happens again. And then after I got married and got out of the service for the Vietnam War, my uh, uh, son got abducted at uh, age six, and uh, that happened in our home on uh, four acres that we had out in near the Cash Landrum event, really, just about five miles from there. 
And uh, as soon as I saw my son standing there in a deep trance uh, where they brought him back and placed him in the living room, not in his bedroom, I realized that, uh, you know, you can deal with me, you can mess with me, do anything you want. Uh, but when you touch my children or you affect my kids, your proverbial rear end belongs to me at that point. Let me talk to you more about this. Let's start with the early events that you had. All right. So you see this entity. What did the entity look like? Uh, the entity looked different than uh, some of the entities that uh, overall it looked the same. It tall for me. I was only four. So it was about uh, probably about four and a half feet, five foot tall. And uh, it had a, a it was pure white. It wasn't gray. It had very long spindly arms and legs and a strange body. Uh, very skinny, large, bulbous head, but the eyes were perfectly round, absolutely round, not the Hollywood version, the elliptical eyes you see on these books and so on. The entity uh, uh, was leaving the room, and uh, I sat up, and I realized, what in the world? This is, It's wintertime. I can't figure out. I'm freezing in my little room at, in Midland, Texas, and I'm covered up real well, and I can't figure out what's he doing. Why is he in my room? What's he doing with no clothes on? As soon as I thought that, and I thought he was going to bump into the wall because he's walking toward it. I didn't know he was going to go through it. As soon as I thought that, he apparently heard me and turned around and realized he had made a mistake, that it, me, was awake. And therefore, I was remembering the event. And when he turned around, I, was, I saw several things that stunned me. Number one, that he didn't have any clothes on. Number two, as a four-year-old child, I noticed he didn't have a TT. Uh, that really puzzled me. I mean, how can that be? And three, he didn't have a belly button. And, uh, and of course, I noticed those huge black eyes that were perfectly round. And I just couldn't grasp any of this. I had no idea what this thing was, was about. All right. The obvious question one's going to ask, how do you know you were really awake and not just having a bad dream? Well, that would be, uh, again, easy for me to, to answer because uh, as he walked toward me, uh, at first, I wasn't scared. I wasn't paralyzed. It wasn't anything. And was uh, just confused about what he was doing in my room and who, who was he. And so uh, as he, uh, something in his eyes, in my opinion, moved. There was a slight, a slight movement in his eyes. And at that point, I became completely paralyzed and with a fear that I couldn't even begin to imagine. and. Uh, no fear that I'd ever had before, for sure. And as he came toward me, and I had no idea what he was trying to do at that point, I pushed so hard against the wall with my little bed that the little bed pushed apart from the wall, and I fell down in between uh, the wall and the bed, and my little head bounced off the floor. Uh, there was a nice knot on the back of my head, and I remember every bit of this consciously. And the uh, entity couldn't get to me at that point, and then my arms were wrapped up into the the covers and everything and the worst dream that any child could ever imagine uh my my bed uh, covers lifted up on the on the bottom side of the bed because i'm laying under the bed at this point and this large bulbous head was looking at me at very, about three and a half four feet away from my face then he tried to get closer and of course i kept freaking out he tried to change his imagery of himself at that point into that of a clown and I kept shaking my little head back and forth over and over, yelling, no, 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 because I wanted to remember him for what he was, not for what he wanted me to think he was like. And it was a bad dream. All right. Let me ask you another question here. Your parents, you're undergoing this torture. 
It really is. Did you talk to your parents about it? What was their reaction? <laughs> my mother, is, I told my dad, my, my brother uh, turned out to be an abductee at 10 years old. And my father brought me into the house. This is after I got out of the military. He said, come on in here, son. He said, then uh, fix this boy. I said, fix what? And my little brother told me all about his abduction. And uh, my dad was worried beyond description. And I looked at my dad and I said, there's, uh, there's nothing to fix. And he said, what do you mean? And I said, the same thing happened to me when I was a child. You didn't tell him then that I this happened when you were a child? I never told anyone until that moment. And my mother, my dad never told my mother at all. My, dad, uh, my mother was watching TV one day. She's 81 years old. About three years ago, she was watching one of the TV shows and said, well, I mean, I knew you were an investigator, but I had no idea you were an abductee. That's, that's just not right. And I said, uh, well, yeah, it kind of is. All right, but why didn't you tell your parents? You underwent all this torture all these years, and you never spoke up once? Well, there's two reasons. Uh, number one is many abductees are told or instructed not to give out information about the entity. You yeah, but when you're four years old, tell you. you're four That's years it. old. You know, are you going to listen to somebody who tells you this when you're four years old? Well, you have to understand that this is called programming. This is a system of programming that is, goes on from childhood on up to people. Sometimes Some people are 45, 50 years old, and they just find out about their abductions. And when they tell me this, I kind of laugh because they think it just happened. In most events, that's just not true. Those, these events have been happening since they were children. The program is, is really effective for most people. I did remember, but I didn't want to tell my parents because I didn't believe that they would buy into this. The fact is, uh, my, I was so upset, and they could visibly see this, by the next morning, they had me, which they'd never do this ever in my life, they put me in between them in bed the next night. And to my shock and amazement, I opened my eyes real quickly, because I, it was like, like I'd been switched on, and there at the end of my bed was the same entity that was there the night before, and, and another one with him, I'd never seen that one before, and just like him, but I don't know how you... But we can. We can tell them apart. If there were a million of them, I could tell you which one was my keeper. We'll continue with Daryl Sims remembering his abduction experiences. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. Not just an alternative to the mainstream media. We're the premier independent talk radio network. We are GCN. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. 
This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right. General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for under $30,000. You heard right. That's 5,000 square feet under $30,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Take delivery in spring. 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE. 855-340-7283. It's no secret that silver is one of the oldest known natural antibiotics, but the mainstream media will never tell we the people this information. Why? Many drug companies and politicians have dangerous alliances that manipulate the way we live by prescribing drugs that only manage disease, keeping us dependent on big pharma. And with Obamacare at our doorstep, we are now forced into a system that many of us do not want any part of. And no man or government has the right to dictate how we as free people choose to take care of our health. The patriots at utopiasilver.com hold this truth dear. Colloidal and ionic silver supplements from utopiasilver.com open the door to a whole new world of natural healing for the body and the mind. Visit utopiasilver.com and discover the safe and effective health benefits of colloidal and ionic silver. Call 888-213-4338. 888-213-4338 and talk to the patriots at utopiasilver.com, a leading source of natural healing using colloidal silver, colloidal gold, minerals, vitamins and herbs. utopiasilver.com. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? Daryl Sims is reporting what sounds like a lifetime of UFO abduction-related experiences. You're sleeping between your parents back in Texas, you're a child. And E.T. comes, or whatever it is. But your parents had no conscious memory of any of this. My parents, uh, I told my mother about this, uh, again, like I said, about three years ago. And she said, how could this be true? I never knew about it. And I said, Mom, you put me between you and Daddy. And I described in detail how he, I said, he sleeps on his right side. And she says, that's true. And I said, and you sleep with your arm up over your head like this. And she said, I do. How do you know all that? And I said, Mom, I was there. <laughs> I said, I can tell you the phone number 
And the address, we lived at uh, 1005 South Bay Street, Midland, Texas. She said, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you remember all that. I said, Mama, it was a traumatic event. Why would I not want to remember that? Okay, having undergone this traumatic event, you never talked to friends or other members of your family about this all these years? The only time I ever talked to anybody really about this, but there's two events. One was when I was 17 after my last event. I went to my girlfriend's house the next night because uh, I was, it started getting dark. And I mean, I got phobic like you couldn't even believe. So how old were you at this point? I was 17. Okay. Went to my girlfriend's house and I told her about this horrific event that happened. It was different than any other events that I'd had in my life. Uh, and I told her the, the whole story of the UFO thing. And she sat there. Uh, this was 19. Gosh. Uh, well, I was age 17. Good night. It, it was uh, 19 in the, the, 1963, I think. And uh, no, that would not true. It'd be 65. 65. So uh, I told her about it, and she looked at me and said the very thing that every abductee would be mortified to hear from the person you trusted the most. Sweetie, you've had a terrible, terrible dream, and you need to just kind of just get over it. It's okay. You just had a bad dream. I said, really? And she took me to a friend of mine who studied UFOs, who was a psychologist, and now he's a PhD. And uh, I looked at him, I said, uh, 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 and, he, and he asked, he listened to the same story, and he looked at me and said the following, and this is my best friend. Daryl, you've had a terrible, terrible dream, and what you need to do, <laughs> uh, that's the last time I told anybody anything until my wife was standing there with me at 2.30 in the morning looking at my little boy in a deep trance. She looked at me, looked at him, and said, what's going on? That's an interesting question I want to ask here, and one we like to try to understand with this. To you, to the best of your recollection, your UFO abduction experiences were physical. So if somebody was there, if I was there at the time this happened, I'd physically see beings, or would this be something that happened inside your mind not saying it wasn't real well there's there's two two kinds of events and i tell abductees this and it makes them mad sometimes but i said about 80 percent of your events you never leave the room 20 percent of the time there's actual physical evidence that you actually did leave that you went somewhere on a craft or wherever whatever it was they took you whatever that means and in my case um in my last event at age 17 they took me in fact, the next morning when my dad got up, I couldn't figure out why he couldn't hear all of this and see that huge bright light and it lit up the hallway. Someone kicked open my door. That should have woken everybody up in the entire house. It didn't. And uh, again, for the, those who like to think, well, you had, a, you had a fitful dream and you were sleepwalking, never sleep, sleptwalked my entire life. I don't have bad dreams for, for all practical purposes. Never had that these type experiences in terms of dreams and so on. And my dad uh, opened the door. He got ready to go work early in the morning. I was getting up. I wasn't getting up. I, I literally had had my clothes on. I was afraid to go back to sleep. And my dad got up and looked and saw the doorknob had been broken. We lived in old style barracks, army barracks that he had renovated. And uh, the old had an old square uh, army barrack lock on the door. And that was broken and knocked off laying on the floor. And he looked at me and said, boy, he said, you sure are rough on these doors. And I, I looked at him and I said, yeah, you're right. But I didn't want to tell him anything, but I couldn't figure out how he didn't hear all of that. But my door opens to the inside, not to the outside. So I couldn't have kicked in the door from the inside. 
Okay, but some of these or most of these experiences happen within your mind, but others are physical. Most of my events, I think, were actually physical. All right. Let's look further into this because it gets very intricate. All right. You communicated with these beings. That's correct. Did they, by the way, were they all the same all the years you had this happening from the age of four to the age of 17? No. The, different kinds of entities. Most of the time, the same uh, cosmic skinhead would pick me up and take me to wherever for whatever was going to happen. Then someone else would intervene, such as the so-called uh, alleged doctor, a being that looks just like this skinny one, but he, he's simply taller and bigger, and he's a lot smarter. That happened in a number of cases, especially in 1960 at age 12. Uh, that's when I first understood about the concept of alien implants, because uh, I was on a slab, I call it a slab, a very hard table, with my feet elevated about 11 degrees, and I overheard what these two were communicating about. They do this mentally, and sometimes they shut us off. But what they don't realize is that you can actually train yourself to overdo, override that suggestion and still hear them. Okay, so you're hearing thoughts in your mind. Do the thoughts in your mind have a language and a voice, or is it just impressions? Uh, it was uh, very, very clear in terms of, it was very impressionistic, but it was, it, it, I could put it in terms of words for me to understand, but it's very impressionistic. Uh, I overheard them describing what they were wanting to do with the, the implant procedure, and it had to do with uh, things that I read about many years ago uh, with Dr. Roger Sperry's work in the 19, uh, late 1950s and 60s on the lateral specialization of uh, the hemispheres. Now, there's just no way a kid in 1960 in Alamogordo, New Mexico, would know that, period, for any reason. Much of this really reminds me of my, uh, my particular one experience that I, I can you know, recall vividly, which happened when I was seven. And the exact same, you're, you're describing exactly, basically what I saw, and also um, the reaction from uh, my family. Uh, because I did tell them the next morning because they found me, you know, several houses away from where I was supposed to be in my bedroom. And uh, that's ex exactly what they said. You were sleepwalking. It was a nightmare. And uh, it's interesting to note that I've never sleepwalked before or since. So, <laughs> so much for that explanation. <laughs> I got it. I got it, Chris. I got it. All right. So you heard these communications. Did you ever attempt to actually converse with them? Uh, as I heard what they were going to do to me when I was age 12, I uh, started crying. I couldn't understand why anybody would want to hurt me. I've never done anything to anybody, and I could not understand that. Then they brought this long needle-like device, about eight inches long, with a silver spear on the end of it, rammed it up my nasal passage, broke the bones inside the nasal passage, and it went up back behind my eye, and I... Uh, was screaming of course there was there was no anesthesia nor any suggestion that i would not feel this they didn't seem to give it one way or the other whether i felt it or not we're starting to get that hiss again get close closer to the mic daryl was there any physical symptom that could be seen by a doctor did you go to a doctor and said you know something has been doing this invasive stuff to me do you see anything physically wrong with me <laughs> I'm glad you asked. I happen to be a veteran, and as a result, I go to the VA hospital every so often for checkups and so on. I went there to get a checkup uh, about two years ago, and um, 
my uh, primary care physician uh, looked at me and said, Daryl, you have any physical pains? And I said, yeah, I've got some over here on the, on the left side. And he says, no, your pains are on the right side. And I said, don't tell me where my pains are at. You don't have a clue. And he laughed and he says, your broken ribs are on your right side. I said, I don't have any broken ribs. What are you talking about? Then he called a radiologist. Radiologist and, and the primary care physician got screaming at each other. Looked back at me as he hung the phone up and said, you've got broken ribs. You know what? Our advertisers are going to break something if we don't break right now. Daryl Sims joins Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. From the shackles of corporate America, we're the place for independent thinkers. GCN. Is there a secret UFO agenda? Do strange creatures from the darkest corners of the mind roam the earth? Is there evidence for mind control, time travel, or devious government conspiracies? Find out the inside scoop on the latest conspiracies, paranormal activity, and Freudian phenomena when you subscribe to Tim Beckley's Conspiracy Journal. It's jam-packed with stories, special book and DVD promotions, and the best news, it's absolutely free, sent right to your mailbox. Plus, a bonus free email newsletter sent out every Friday. Simply send an email with your name and address to MrUFO at webtv.net. That's MrUFO at webtv.net. Find out what they don't want you to know. Hey everyone, have you heard about the no-no hair removal device that's sweeping the globe? If you want to go weeks without shaving and get smooth, professional quality results, here's our favorite host Cheryl for no-no hair removal. Thanks. Hey gals, I love talking about my no-no. It's this cute little hair removal system that you can take with you and use almost anywhere at home or on the road. No more expensive in-office treatments, painful waxing, and no more wasting your valuable time. Got unwanted facial hair? No-no hair has patented Thermacon technology that works on all hair and skin colors. So it's perfect for using on all body parts. And now you can take advantage of this incredible risk-free trial. Get the No-No, the facial kit, a travel case, and a $100 discount shopping card. And you don't risk a penny to try it. Try the incredible No-No hair completely risk-free. Call 1-800-953-6062. That's 800-953-6062. 800-953-6062. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey Light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1 886 3653. That's 1 886 3653. Or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. 
You're fired. According to the Small Business Administration, 75% of small businesses plan to eliminate jobs or reduce workers' hours to part-time. You're fired. According to Gallup, the unemployment rate recently jumped to nearly 9%, and the underemployment rate hit a staggering 17.9%. You're fired. One out of three young adults and one out of two recent college graduates are underemployed. Hello, I'm Keith Abel, a pharmacist and a home business entrepreneur. In 2011, I became one of those statistics myself. Instead of looking for another job in corporate America, I joined Dr. Joel Wallet, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie Guy. We're creating steady incomes for ourselves and would like to show you how to do the same. If you want to supplement your current income, replace your income, so you don't have to become one of the statistics, then give me a call toll-free at 866-257-3105. 866-257-3105. You're fired. Don't wait till you hear those words. Start creating an extra income today. 866-257-3105. <laughs> This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. You know, we can do almost an entire show on Daryl Sims' abduction experiences. We'll continue as much as we can. All right. I I have a quick question, uh, Gene, uh, before you continue. Daryl, I remember having a conversation with you many years ago, and, and you'd come up with a, a very interesting theory uh, that, that looked at the heritage of uh, people that feel that they've been, uh, you know, undergoing abduction experiences. And, and you came up with a very interesting correlation uh, in genealogy in terms of, uh, I think, Cherokee and Irish, if I remember correctly, seems to, to stick out in the demographic of uh, people's uh, genetic heritage. Uh, why do you think you were singled out? Uh, is uh, do you have Cherokee and Irish in you, or uh, as a matter of fact, uh, uh, the way I developed uh, a lot of my stats back in the 1980s was I sat down with a friend of mine and we asked each other's questions, <laughs> and it was very easy to come up with the stats. And the stats we came up with, one of them was we found, and as we found out about ourselves, we found out uh, like he, he was married to a black lady. And uh, asked her, she was an abductee, and I asked her one time, I said, uh, what is your nationality? She said, well, I'm black. I said, ma'am, very few people are per- pure anything. Are you anything else? She said, well, I'm Cherokee Irish. And I said, many abductees, 45% of the abductees that we work with anywhere in the world are going to be Native American Indian, Irish, or Celtic. Okay, let me go back to your experiences, because we have only so much time. We have lots of questions from our listeners that probably will not get to. Well, let's just take a look at this. Did you at all ask these entities or beings, who are you, where you're from, why you're bothering me, any of that stuff? Uh, I never did. Uh, I, I never. First of all, you're, you're so shocked um, by the, when I, we moved from Midland, Texas, and we moved to Mayhill, New Mexico, and uh, uh, we were building a, a little a building, uh, a little house uh, not far from, uh, uh, literally, uh, just right next door, and we were living in a basement of a church, and uh, had a pretty good sized basement in it. And but they back then, I mean, this was like a oh, good lord. I mean, we're talking uh, 1955, maybe, maybe. Uh, so we're in Mayhill, New Mexico, in the mountains, in the middle of nowhere, little tiny community. I mean, so big if you drove through it and held your breath, you could go through the whole town easily. And I went out to the bathroom one night, uh, which was uh, an outhouse. That's all we had there. 
it's either that or go upstairs. And I, I did not want to go to the church upstairs because, oh my gosh, you know, in the dark, I had these problems with these little entities anyway. So, uh, and I hope I'd never see them again. And I went out to the outhouse that night and I opened the door and uh, there was the entity standing there at the side of the building and scared me half to death. And I have no recollection of what happened after that. But I do know that uh, my mother never could understand why I would never go to the bathroom again, ever, uh, after it got dark. She said, I cannot understand how a kid could be impacted and not go to the bathroom. I wouldn't do it. All right. So you never heard from these beings, their purpose, their origins, or anything? Well, I've worked with 1,600 cases worldwide. And I hear all kinds of ideas from people, and most of these things are whoppers. Uh, they tell you they come from the planet Banlon. Well, that's a deodorant, so I doubt that. Um, the fact is, what we have uh, that I can uh, point to is a craft about 50 miles across, uh, 50 miles thick, 600 miles across, that we do have a video of. Uh, that was part of a mass abduction that happened in 1992. You have a video of this? Where is it? Is it on display? No, not at all. Uh, the, we involved ourselves in this case with eight people uh, taken in two states and several cities. I was very fascinated with uh, the outcome of the case. And the, one of the people in the case was an engineer. And he came in and, and he looked at me and said, uh, well, the, we were taking only small craft to this big one. I said, what, what big craft? What are you talking about? And, of course, when I start interviewing people, I take off my UFO hat, which is very kind and will listen to anything, and put my cop hat on. But I used to be a cop and still am a private investigator, and, and it gets a little tough. And I said, what are you talking about? What size crap? And he said, I, my guess is about 50 miles thick, 600 miles across. And I said, you're right. I have a problem with that. He said, I thought you would, so I brought the video. And he did. What had happened is that someone in Japan had been filming toward the moon at this time and apparently filmed a craft of immense size during the same time in the mass abduction, December 8th and December 11th, 1992. Where's this video? Uh, in my archive somewhere. I have it. But why is it not on display? Well, I, most, of the, most of the work that I do is I, I don't pr- primarily do for public consumption. I, I'll put things out for people to help them and so on and, you know, give them information, do these interviews as an example. But uh, most of the time I'm not after notoriety and this sort of thing because uh, if that were true, then, I, I mean, there are, there are plenty of good ways to do that and exploit everything in the world I have, but I, I don't, I don't see any real purpose of that other than for a, a, a real investigator or someone comes up and says, I need to, I'd like to investigate the kind look at this and can I see the film and so on. I'd be glad to show it to them in, under that condition. But, but generally speaking, uh, most people are, you're most of the time you're going to get a nothing but a pile of debunkers going after every one of your abductees. I mean, I did a presentation for 250 surgeons at John Muir Medical Hospital in 1994, and debunkers came on board and tore every doctor they could find apart that was involved in that. All right, but but I'm still asking a question here. Okay, you're not explaining to me why, if you have a video of this immense craft, assuming it's clear enough to pick out the details, no, it's not clear enough to pick out details. I mean, from the moon to Earth, you're, you're, you're going to get a, a, just a, a big black dot or a white dot or whatever it's going to be. So, therefore, uh, it could be anything. There, It could be. Uh, the problem is it's uh, moving. 
And uh, it's, you know, I mean, it's pretty clear that it's uh, an object of immense size. It is curious that it was during the time of this mass abduction. And the craft that these individuals all describe in great detail, all independent of each other, by the way, uh, is of a craft of immense size. But if I saw this picture, this video, I'd see just a dot. They wouldn't tell me what it really was. No, there. I would agree with that because there are many of these. Uh, there, are, there are a number of videos that show uh, these type craft, whatever they are, going between the Earth and the Moon of immense size. Um, uh, even astronomers have reported this long, long ago, uh, before there was any kind of a new, real big news service or anything like that. I mean, way back, early 1900s. And no one has a clue of what these objects are going between the Earth and the Moon. And some of them very, very close to the Moon. But proving what they are, I have no idea. I don't know what it was. So you basically don't know who or what these entities are, only that you've had these encounters, you've investigated cases where people have also had abduction-related experiences, but you have no physical evidence, or do you? Do you have any physical evidence of anything? I do. Yes, I do. Well, I have uh, I've worked at this for over 40 years to try to figure out who some of these entities are and why they're doing what they're doing and, and so on. My general consensus uh, thus far is that the so-called alien that everyone describes, and I have a picture called the usual suspects, and in that it shows the small gray, the taller gray, that some people call the doctor, and uh, a mantis being a reptile, the humanoid called the Nordic, and then the Bigfoot guy. And in each one of these, we have been able to extrapolate some ideas, one of which, uh, if the Bigfoot findings recently from uh, one of these, um, the scientists, is correct, the DNA from that entity shows to be modern human man and simian. Uh, If you look at the other entities, it's kind of obvious that uh, where are you going to find reptile DNA to make a reptile uh, five, six, seven feet tall? probably from planet Earth. Where are you going to get human DNA to make Nordic or some creature like that, a human type? Probably planet Earth. Where are you going to get DNA to make a praying mantis? Probably not the moon. Probably planet Earth. If you look at these entities carefully, you'll find, in my opinion, my general consensus is that these entities, uh, the DNA was taken from this planet and taken off to some craft out there. And uh, for lack of a better term, and tongue-in-cheek, I use the term... uh, to some Dr. Moreau who does the DNA and making transgenics out of these beings and sending them back down here so that we'll think that they are aliens from other worlds. All right, so you don't think they're aliens from other worlds. Is that what you're saying? I do not. All right, so if they're not aliens from other worlds, and by the way, as I frame this question, we're going to be running out of time for this segment. We'll have to pick up next time. And that is, we'll get on with the rest of the answer to the question. All right. So if these creatures who are flying in these huge spaceships or motherships are not aliens, being creatures from other planets, who and what are they and how do we prove that? A complicated question. We're asking of Daryl Sims. He's the alien hunter. And a little bit later, we'll get to some of your questions, listeners. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. largest independently owned and operated talk radio network the genesis communications network gcn 
Does advertising on the Genesis Communications radio network actually bring positive results? Let's ask Thomas Baldrick from Free Strike Guy. And do the GCN listeners let you know they heard your ad? Customers do let us know they've heard Free Strike Guy ads on GCN. Uh, they seem to be very loyal listeners to GCN, and they stay with those shows, and subsequently they stay with our business, too. Looking for positive results? Contact Lee Wickenhauser at 877-996-4327, extension 107. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Question. Could too many GMO foods and toxins be overloading your digestive and immune systems? Answer, yes. If you're searching for a powerful detox that's gentle enough to use every day, use Pro-EM-1 from Terragonics. Pro-EM-1 is a powerful liquid probiotic that uses good bacteria to suppress pathogens and gently eliminate toxins from your body. A healthy digestive system will cleanse and remove toxins, support weight loss, improve absorption of food nutrients, and aid in controlling yeast and other infections. Pro-EM-1 is made with only non-GMO and certified organic ingredients, has no preservatives, and is dairy, soy, wheat, and gluten-free. Pro-EM-1 is the key to your digestive health. Order Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganix.com. Spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com. Or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Also available through Amazon Prime. Pro-EM-1 from Terraganix. Life's getting better. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Daryl Sims, the alien hunter, joins us. And he just said in the last segment, he didn't think it was E.T. that was responsible. That these creatures are not extraterrestrial. So what are they, crypto-terrestrial? I suspect that these entities are some type of uh, transgenic made for the purpose of interaction with mankind. I'm uh, ultimately past the looking at what they are, so to speak, and I'm more interested now in who made them. And I'm quite fascinated to, to uh, pursue that. But the fact is that the, uh, uh, we've had some DNA uh, acquired uh, from the uh, physical contact some of our abductees have had with these entities and according to one gentleman uh, dr levinsgood who passed away recently he mentioned that uh, some, the dna one particular body of evidence we had as far as he was concerned was the smoking gun because it put the alien and it put uh, the cattle mutilations all in the same place at the same time all right you know we're making some assumptions here i guess we're have some assumptions with more assumptions. DNA of these creatures. You have some DNA somewhere that an independent scientist can look at and say, hey, this is weird? Sure. We've had, uh, we've had it looked at by... Uh, I've had three different people volunteer. One of them was a forensic uh, specialist. The other one was an assistant professor at university. And another one was a lady recently who was a, a DNA uh, 
uh, scientists and uh, all three of them have literally walked away without ever getting to look at the evidence. The last one said that she doesn't know how her boss found out that she was going to do this DNA work apart from her job and without any uh, fanfare. But she said, I was confronted and told that if I pursued what I was going to do, that I would be fired. And so we lost her as well. All right. So you're just telling me all the reasons why you can put up this DNA evidence, huh? I'm telling you that, number one, it costs quite a bit of money to do it. Most of the stuff that I've done, I've done out of my own pocket or bag barred or had uh, doctors and others to assist uh, any, any way they could. And uh, like I said, the three that did come forward to volunteer, they're no longer with us. I don't know who got to them, but it uh, apparently was uh, effective. All right. Can't you do like a DNA test, a simple DNA test for like $79? I have a thing right here. Simple DNA testing. $79 in three easy steps. No, that sounds that's... good, but we've already had a, a university uh, and, a, uh, and two other people look at it, uh, people with master's degrees look at it, and we're pretty, uh, pretty impressed with what they saw. And until I can find someone that I'm comfortable with, uh, first of all, I'm not comfortable sending anything that might actually be alien or anything else off to someone that I'd have no idea who in the world these people are. And, uh, and I'll, give you an, uh, I'll give you a practical example. One gentleman from, uh, who had a Nobel laureate told me one day, he said, Mr. Sams, if you can actually prove through this implant covering that you found that shows not a non-inflammatory response, if you can replicate that in a lab, he said, you may have a Nobel laureate fine. And I looked at him and I said, yes, sir. My question to you is what lab do you trust that you would send this off to? And he looked at me and smiled and said, none. All right, you know, so far I'm hearing reasons. What about MUFON? MUFON's got scientific investigators. You wouldn't send a little piece of the stuff to MUFON in public saying, here it is, I'm going to physically transfer it to the director of MUFON. For example, Jan Harzen from MUFON. You wouldn't go to him and say, Jan, I got this evidence, take a look at it? I have very good friends uh, in MUFON, and, uh, and, uh, and there's no criticism toward them or anyone else. But uh, I have worked alone uh, in this. I've had uh, two cardiovascular surgeons, and I have a series of other doctors that work with me, and I'm comfortable with them, and I trust these folks. They've worked enough with me that uh, I think we'll work it out when we get to that part. But I, I, I want to pull a new DNA person on board, someone we can trust, and then we'll proceed at that point. It sounds to me like this should be job number one. Amongst all the things that you're doing, you've yeah, got you DNA. You have no that- idea the kind of things I'm doing. That's the point. I'm sitting on quite a bit of evidence, and okay. it's 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 a it's well, a and and he's a, he's now a TV star too, Gene. Okay, I well, have to work and make a living at some point. I understand that. We just want to go through what you say you have, and see what can be done. Let me ask you a question here. We have a lot of listeners around the world of the Powercast. We're being picked up on a second streaming network effective very shortly, the IRN Internet Radio Network. I'm sure among those people listening to the Paracast, we have scientists who are capable of looking at DNA evidence. If they got in touch with you and said, hey, Daryl, we'll do it, would you accept it? Uh, I might. It depends on the individual. Bob Bigelow tried to confront me uh, recently with two of his uh, ex-FBI buddies 
and uh, they wanted the evidence. In fact, they didn't ask. They uh, came directly to one of my abductees' homes and tried to get it. And then they found out that I already had been there and collected the evidence. And then they called me and said, well, we need to get it from you. Bob Bigelow went personally with two two ex-FBI guys? (laughs) Ex-FBI guys worked for him, and I told him I wasn't interested. So, so the three of them actually physically went to this person's house and demanded yeah, they, the uh, two of, the two FBI guys went there, and uh, when they found out that they, where the evidence was, they called me directly from the abductee's home. And my first question to them was, "What are you doing at my abductee's home?" Yeah, and who do you work without for? Talking to me, who do you think you are? It's we're 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 ex FBI, and I said, "Look, I'm ex CIA, but that doesn't mean anything, Jack." I said, "Whenever we had liaison with the FBI." Through the Central Intelligence Agency, the the guy that's the independent in between, I said, we owned that monkey. I said, don't you think for an instant that we didn't? I said, "Uh, don't don't act like you're somebody because that's what we used to be. You're nothing to me right now. And and coming to my abductee's house trying to steal the evidence, that that makes you less than anything, in my opinion. Well, have you ever talked to Bigelow about this? Well, Bigelow, uh, they said, well, we can get Mr. Bigelow to come down, fly down to Houston and, and get the evidence from you. He'd be glad to meet you with you. And I said, I've met Bob Bigelow a number of times and uh, uh, been involved with a, a research project that, uh, that we were involved in. And and that's fine. I said, but uh, this has nothing to do with that. And I will take care of this. I'll do it my own way. Okay. What research project were you involved in with Bob Bigelow? Uh, Bob Bigelow agreed to, he called me one day uh, back in 1995. He said, I've got several scientists and I got one guy standing here. It's got two PhDs and one MD. That's one guy. And I said, okay. And he says, you seem to be able to find a lot of evidence. No one even knew existed in the UFO phenomena. And uh, I'd like to find out how you were able to do that. And I laughed and I said, if you want to find a donut, you'll find a cop. You want to find an alien, go find a Native American tracker. They laughed and they still didn't get it. And But basically what they were asking about was the implants that uh, had done in the first uh, public surgery. And uh, they agreed to finance another three surgeries and uh, look at the objects and so on. But I told them I was more interested in them doing the analysis through New Mexico Tech and Los Alamos on the existing implants I already had from the first surgery. And they agreed. And so did uh, 18 scientists that were present at that meeting. And what happened then? Uh, well, they, they sent off the materials to New Mexico Tech, to Los Alamos. Los Alamos constructed a specialized uh, microscope that had a little laser on the side of it. that captured a little gas as it sent this little laser uh, shot into the implant, and they captured the, the information. Found that the implants were covered with 11 different elements. That uh, some of the implants were, uh, they were definitely ferrous. They, some of them were the hardest steel known to man, and the others were some very soft core um, uh, uh, carbon. And they, uh, they found that there was a, of course, separate of that was a biological covering that was important that, that I'm, I was more interested in than anything. But the uh, Los Alamos couldn't go any further with it, and they sent it off to New Mexico Tech. New Mexico Tech did the MOS tests and many other tests on the objects and found that the materials were from a rare meteorite uh, claimed to be from the Widmanstaten or the Yautschung meteorite. Wow. And this part of an alien implant. This was during the time period you were working with uh, Dr. Roger Lear, correct? That's incorrect. Dr. Roger Lear was working for me. All right. Daryl Sims, the alien hunter, joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. 
Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Friends, this is Alex Jones for MidasResources.com. For more than 15 years, I have exclusively used Midas Resources for all my precious metal needs. Whether it's bullion or collectibles you're looking for, Midas Resources is simply the best. I own my gold as a hedge against inflation. This Federal Reserve fiat currency could go the way of the Deutschmark and the Weimar Republic anytime. In these historically dangerous times, it makes sense to physically hold gold and silver. Midas already has some of the best deals in the industry. But if you give them a call and mention the radio special, they will give you a list of the day's super specials. Midas brokers are standing by to answer all your questions at 800-686-2237. They also have a lot of informative free literature explaining the opportunities and risk of holding precious metals. They are ready to answer your questions at 800-686-2237. Again, that's 800-686-2237. If you owe the IRS back taxes, listen carefully. Sweeping changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever eliminate their tax debts once and for all. And now, thanks to Dan Pillow, you can get the tax help you need to end your tax nightmare. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I've helped thousands of people reduce or eliminate tax debts they couldn't pay. And after more than 30 years of experience dealing with the IRS, I can tell you there's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. With the IRS's new policies, it's easier than ever to put your tax debt behind you once and for all. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. Call 800-346-6829. Learn how I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. There are many things the human body can do very well, but maintaining the proper pH level isn't always one of them. That's where AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops can make a world of difference. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops helps your body do what's natural. Just a few drops a day helps rid your body of harmful waste and acid while promoting health and restoring vibrance and energy. Alkalizing boosts your immune system and can help fight headaches, irritability, cramping, and insomnia. Alkalizing also helps the body fight depression and even bone loss. To learn 
more about the importance of alkalizing and how you can find life-changing and vital balance, please visit AlkaVision's brand new website at AlkaVision.com. Same great products, but now easier to use and more informative than ever before. To get your very own plasma pH drops for just $29.95, call 800-518-7615 or visit AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Alkalize your body and supercharge your health at the new AlkaVision.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Daryl Sims, the alien hunter, is joining us. And we're focusing here on so-called alien implants or things found in people's bodies in the wake of an alien abduction. And we brought up here very briefly in the conversation with Chris and with Daryl, an association, Daryl, that you had with Dr. Roger Lear, who's been on the PowerCast several times. Can you tell us about that interaction? Well, basically, um, I was... Uh, a, a, there had actually been several surgeries done before the public ones we did. And I happened to be out in Southern California, and a friend introduced me to uh, Roger Lear, and uh, he was a podiatrist, a foot doctor, not an MD. But I said, "Well, I actually have one of them that's in the foot." And he said, "He would." Uh, he said, "Why don't you remove them?" I said, uh, "Well, I would actually need a podiatrist." And he said, "I'll do that." And I said, "Fine." And I said, "I'll fly them out here at my cost, pay for the medical and everything else, put them up, and uh, the whole nine yards." And he said, "Fine." So. Um, Anyway, long story short, uh, we took one object out of the hand and uh, three out of the foot. And at that point, uh, Dr. Lear did not agree that he thought they were all surgical clips and that that was nothing to it. That there was, And I said, well, if that's true, I said, uh, I said let me give you my prediction. I made a year and a half before, in 1994, to 250 surgeons. I told them if these implants that you're looking at up here on x-ray are true, what we're going to find is that these objects are, in fact, uh, there'll be four, at least four things that are true. The four things we will find that are true is that, number one, the objects will not have uh, any technology in them if they're alien-related. Number two, that the, they will be surrounded by a biological mass that will be a non-inflammatory process. Anyway, after I finally described all these, uh, the two doctors present said, that's impossible, and we don't believe it. However, the pathology report the next day proved these uh, claims to be accurate. At that point, uh, Dr. Lear wanted to be a partner with me, and uh, and I brought him on. I said, I've got all the cases. that uh, I've got a a whole pile of cases. And I said, uh, you can start with these several if you uh, will see how things work out. And how did it work out with Dr. Lear? Are you still working with him or what? Uh, No, the the problem... uh, I asked him originally, do you have any problems I need to worry about? And he said, no. And I said, fine. Uh, I found out later that that wasn't true. He had a previous case against him by the uh, uh, by an individual for uh, the suing him for malpractice. That was before the whole before he ever got ufology or anything else. So I understand it. Okay, and, but how was that resolved? Well, it was resolved very badly. Uh, he. Um, ended up going to court. And, well, that and, and other things. We had some implants starting to disappear under his care. And when that happened, I was so irritated. Uh, 
from complaints from abductees and so on, I simply fired him and said, that's it, you're, you're out of here. All right, so you're saying that he stole these implants I have no from idea you? where they went. I don't know. All I know is that I, I was called by an investigator in uh, Ventura County who was an investigator with DA's office, and he said, I'm uh, calling in reference to a Roger Crevin Lear. Now, I'm an ex-cop. When people use your full name, they're not friendly. And I said, I do know him. And he says, um, well, he said, this lady's complaining about him stealing her objects. And you know anything about it? And I said, I delivered them to him personally. And he said, so he did have them. I said, yes, he did. And I said, I, I'm not trying to get him in trouble or anything. I just uh, said, I, I just split the association because of problems like this. Other complaints from abductees for various reasons. And I said, and there's this malpractice suit against him, which he lost, by the way, and ended up getting, a, I think, a three years probation on his license and a $4,000 fine and remedial training in podiatry. Do you know specifically what he did wrong that caused this lawsuit to happen? Well, yeah, I have the, uh, I have the, an individual from California sent me the entire medical uh, report of that hearing. In fact, the attorney general's office uh, showed up as well. And, and for an AG to show up at a podiatry hearing, uh, that's not good. That smacks at a possible uh, um, threat of uh, of an arrest. In other words, if if you don't accept the charges, it's highly likely that if, if they think there's something criminal that happened, they're going to come after you. But he's never so, been arrested or convicted of anything, has he? Because uh, remember, malpractice well, tends to be a civil issue, not a that was criminal civil. issue. It, it was civil. It did not go criminal. It well, did he, not. All right, we'll leave it at that because we don't have Dr. Lear here to express his point of view. Let me ask you a few questions about your background before we continue, because you have all these certifications. You worked for the CIA doing covert ops. When did that happen? I was uh, in the military. I volunteered. I quit college at New Mexico State University and volunteered during the Vietnam War and thinking I would then be shipped off to Vietnam right off the bat. And I didn't. Uh, after I got into military police school, at Fort Gordon, Georgia, a group of people came to our room and uh, into our, we were sent to this room and uh, we met a bunch, several of these people in civilian clothes. Long story short, it was the Central Intelligence Agency. Of course, we had no idea who they were. So the, the bad thing, um, or good, however you want to frame it, um, was that uh, the individual that interviewed me said that we we would love to have you join us, blah, blah, blah. You'll love to go to Vietnam, this sort of thing. And I said, that's not the reason I joined the military. I said, I, I came to do whatever I needed to do for the country. And anyway, so I, I was so interested in what they did say. Of course, they never told me the CIA or anything else. It's called sheet dipping, basically. It's where the CIA goes into the military and they dip into the military, pick out what they want, and uh, entice them to come into where they're at. And I ended up basically going to uh, Fort Myer, and I stayed there at TDY until we were ready to be picked up. We were picked up and flown on the Learjet to a top-secret installation. And uh, a really interesting story, they, the people on the, the, there were several people sitting on the Learjet with me and a couple of these other, other military guys. We kept looking at them. They kept looking at us. They looked at us like we were diseased. And I noticed they had on these very nice uh, Hong Kong suits. And later, those same people, a few days later, after our top secret clearances came in, were at the same meeting, and, and they announced to us that, uh, welcome to Central Intelligence Agency, you're now family. And that's the first time I found out that I was actually in the company. 
So you're saying here they recruited you, they got you involved in this organization, but didn't tell you until you had already been part of the mission what you were. How long did you work with them? I worked uh, two years with the Central Intelligence Agency in uh, covert ops, uh, and then um, in the, uh, the, the my last year of working in the company, I had a, a, a difference of opinion with them on uh, on a First Amendment right. Uh, they didn't agree, uh, and uh, I anyway. Long story short, they uh, I ended up uh, activated back into the military and exiled out of the country to Ascom, Korea, on a hardship tour. I took the case to Congress, and the case ended up uh, uh, handled by Chairman Mendel Rivers of the per- personally of the House Armed Services Committee, and that's where it all went. L. Mendel Rivers from South Carolina, Charleston area, right? I think that was where he's from. That's right, because I lived and worked down there and met him. That's many, many thousands of years ago. I'm going to ask you more about that in a moment. We have Daryl Sims, the alien hunter with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. are the premier independent talk radio network the genesis communications network gcn graphic converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us it does not use any database you get full control of all your files want to view the images of a folder drag it into graphic converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files you could use it for slideshows you could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners need to do some image editing you can do that too in graphic converter also print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Now you can get the same survival food U.S. Special Forces use on their toughest field missions. High-protein, high-energy, freeze-dried foods known as long-range patrol rations or LERPs. Soldiers love LERP rations. They're lightweight and easy to carry. Easy to prepare by just adding water. Easy to enjoy because they taste great. Civilians love LERPs as a solution for emergency preparedness and recreational activities with limited storage space, such as hiking, climbing, sailing, or RV travel. Veteran-owned Freeze-Dry Guy is your exclusive source for this 2013 U.S. military overrun. Long on nutrition, these delicious entrees have a long shelf life, lasting decades. But this rare opportunity, this limited supply, will not last long. You have to act now. Call 866-404-3663, 866-404-FOOD. Or log on now to freezedryguy.com, freezedryguy.com. In the U.S., one in every 50 homes will have a break-in this year. Burglars call it smash and grab. Police call it robbery. We call it avoidable. We are Fake TV, a simple electronic device that can fool even professional burglars. Fake TV easily plugs into any outlet and simulates the changing colors of a television. 
To a burglar, it looks like someone must be home watching TV, so they'll likely move on to an easier target. At only $29.95, fake TV costs less than a month of most alarm monitoring plans and comes with free shipping. Order your fake TV by calling 877-5-FAKE-TV or go to faketv.com. That's 877-532-5388 or faketv.com. Fake TV, the burglar deterrent. It's no secret that silver is one of the oldest known natural antibiotics, but the mainstream media will never tell we the people this information. Why? Many drug companies and politicians have dangerous alliances that manipulate the way we live by prescribing drugs that only manage disease, keeping us dependent on big pharma. And with Obamacare at our doorstep, we are now forced into a system that many of us do not want any part of. And no man or government has the right to dictate how we as free people choose to take care of our health. The patriots at utopiasilver.com hold this truth dear. Colloidal and ionic silver supplements from utopiasilver.com open the door to a whole new world of natural healing for the body and the mind. Visit utopiasilver.com and discover the safe and effective health benefits of colloidal and ionic silver. Call 888-213-4338. 888-213-4338. And talk to the patriots at utopiasilver.com, a leading source of natural healing using colloidal silver, colloidal gold, minerals, vitamins, and herbs. Utopiasilver.com. This is Kurt Southern, the author of UFO Mysteries, and you're listening to the Paracast. With Gene and Chris, Daryl Sims, the alien hunter, talks to us about a problem he had with his military CIA association, and he got in touch with El Mendel Rivers, who brought all those bases, military bases, to South Carolina. In fact, there was a story once where someone said to him, Mendel, if you keep bringing these bases down here, the place is going to sink. <laughs> okay, so what year was this? Is there a public record of this? Uh, that's correct. And uh, the documents I am told were sealed, but I have no idea what that means. All I know is that uh, my congressman was involved uh, in New Mexico and my father, and of course, uh, I was in Korea, and uh, one day I got a notice while I was there that uh, uh, the IG was investigating my case, and I, said, and I said, what do you mean, sir? And this was Lieutenant Colonel. He said, no, the Inspector General, a three-star general, General Enemark himself is handling this case. And I, uh, of course, I knew this was going to be a whitewash because, I mean, what chance does any uh, little army sergeant have against something like the Central Intelligence Agency. Well, first of all, the, they did not know that it was the CIA they were investigating. This is a top-secret installation that was uh, hidden from uh, public view, so to speak. So they thought it was a military base. It wasn't. That's part of the cover. Chris, you want to pick up on this and then maybe start some of the questions because we'll yeah, never get to all the questions. Well, what what did you specialize in? What was your particular uh, trade craft that um, I, I know you have to be fairly well-rounded to uh, be in a position like that and have that sort of a job, but um, what was your specialty? I think uh, okay. you mentioned first, it. First of all, the, the term trade craft, trade craft belongs to uh, people called JOTs that were there. Those are junior officer trainees. These are people who recruited from colleges with a, a minimum of four-year degree, and they're hopefully would can speak a foreign language, 
uh, Farsi, Chinese uh, that would help. Uh, of course, during that time, uh, Vietnamese would have been perfect or Thai because we were in those countries as well. And uh, my purpose there was primarily to give uh, security to a top secret insula- installation to make sure that everybody believed that it was a military base and that uh, to make sure that their operations were protected and covered and that sort of thing. I also taught the martial arts while I was on and off the installation as well to some of the company people and others. Just a quick question so, before Chris gets to the issues from our listeners. Did anyone in the military ever come to you because of your connection with the UFO field? Uh, the, the only case I investigated while I was in the company um, was a, I was, uh, there was a young lady who was, her father was the, um, was the uh, director of admissions at the famous William and Mary College. And she kept telling me about her UFO events and uh, abduction encounters. And uh, uh, I mean, good night. I did did not really know how to advise her or what to tell her uh, during those events. But the, the military and other people did not contact me concerning these events. I kept most of this stuff quiet and, uh, uh, and at NMSU, I investigated some cases there, uh, rather fascinating cases. But again, most people back then, they didn't discuss this stuff. And people in the intelligence community who do understand this stuff and are involved in it, I assure you, they're not going to be talking to someone like me on a lower level like I was about something like this. So basically, in the military and the CIA, you weren't the big muckety-muck. You were just a regular grunt. You just did your job, and that was it. I did. Uh, my job also was uh, one of the, some of the things I did was when Karamasinis and Helms came to the installation, I would uh, do bodyguard work for them and make sure that no one got near them, got around them, including me. I'm never allowed to talk to them. It's almost like the royal, but you're not allowed to even talk to them in any way. Chris, let's pick up on some of those questions from listeners. Yeah, this is really fascinating, um, and I'm sure you had your ears open for uh, any sort of UFO-related uh, material that uh, may have been scuttlebutt, may have been passed around. But I, uh, we have some uh, questions here that that kind of uh, are interested in your protocols because you've been doing this so long. Uh, Burnt State, who's one of our our uh, posters at forum.theparacast.com, um, asked a couple of questions and. The first one is, when you get a report from someone like that woman from uh, associated with William and Mary uh, who claim they've been abducted, what is your protocol? Do you first encourage them to seek some sort of counseling before you get further into the case? And how can you tell the difference right off who's maybe confabulating, maybe hallucinating, or they're destabilized in some way? And uh, how do you tell the difference between someone like that and someone that has had a true experience? Brilliant question. I really like people like this. Uh, The protocols, um, as far as I'm concerned, are in what I do, involve, uh, well, to begin with, as soon as as someone comes to me and tells me that I've had an abduction experience or a contact or some other other event, uh, the very first thing I do is I, I, I monitor them very carefully. Let me, this may be a little difficult for some of your listeners to, uh, buy into but one of the things i do on a college level is teach how to determine whether people are lying or telling the truth just by monitoring or watching them and when i did this for um a, a sanjack college at the psychology department at their request uh the first guy that was sitting there was a psychology major and of course he looked at me and said i think that's the biggest bunch of crap i ever heard in my life and i said good 
you're first. Have a seat. <laughs> and within five minutes, I never let him answer a question. And when I finished answering his questions for him that I asked, none of which were invasive or embarrassing to him, when he saw that I answered his own questions for him just by watching him, he was so impressed. Of course, naturally, people signed up for the course on the spot, and he was the first one in line. But uh, the reason those skills are good is because if, if you're a psychologist, you need to know if someone is telling the truth or not, right. or lying, but simply because some of these people that you're going to be dealing with don't even know themselves. The same is true in the UFO field. Some of them don't know what's happened to them. Some of them will uh, manufacture answers to some questions that you'll ask. You'll know they've had a real event, but they, you'll see certain parts of their story are added to or or tampered with in some way or another for whatever reason. So I never tell anybody what I know about whether they were lying, not telling the truth, or, or simply didn't know. Or I don't care whether they know or not. It's only important that I know. And if I'm not impressed with what I hear, it's going to be a very short interview. I'll simply thank them very much and uh, move on, so to speak. Do you remember That's the first time you and I met? I you do. Walked all the way down the the, the hallway uh, and and got right <laughs> nose to nose with me and said, "I'm Daryl Sims," and I says, uh, "I guess you are." And you sat me down at the kitchen table and magically put galvanic skin response sensors on my fingers. Do you remember that? I was intimidating you, and I did that on purpose. Uh, I like <laughs> to put the cop hat on right off the bat. I like to find out exactly where you're at. The very first thing you, you have to do when, that, when somebody starts doing that to you is you have to try to defend yourself or hide one of the two. And uh, I, was very, uh, I was very impressed with you personally, and I was very impressed with your answers. Uh, you're very truthful and a very decent guy, and I liked you right off the bat. We know that Daryl Sims knows how to butter up our co-host, Chris. <clears throat> well, Daryl and I have known each other for over 20 years now. So anyway, I, I, I really felt that... Um, the way you were able to effortlessly apply those devices to me without even me realizing it. I was very impressed with that. Uh, that, that was like sleight of hand or something. I, I still don't know how you did it. And NLP, it's called elegance. <clears throat> yeah. Well, let's get to a question two from Burn State. And this is a good one. How can we be certain that any identified implants are actually from outer space or alien, um, as you've described? as opposed to an anomalous accretion in the body. If you're completing some type of mass uh, spectrometry, what kind of isotope analysis uh, do you do? And you mentioned about you uh, paying for it out of pocket. That was his follow-up question. We'll have the answer to that question in our next segment. We've got a lot more questions from our listeners of our guest. So many questions, in fact, that I doubt we'll get to all of them, but we'll certainly do our best. The alien hunter, Daryl Sims, you're on with Gene and Chris, and your question's coming. You're in the Paracast. We are America's largest independently owned communications network, GCN. 
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. Great news, pure water lovers. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has a special discount offer for all GCN listeners. You can't do better than a Big Berkey for economy. For only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. There's none better than a Big Berkey for emergency preparedness as a backup water source. And you just can't beat a Big Berkey to remove dangerous chlorine, all types of fluoride, pathogenic bacteria, cysts, parasites, and unhealthy viruses products from municipal water. Berkey water filter systems are even powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. For the gold standard in water filters, get a Big Berkey at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And all GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. For details, call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey water filters for the love of clean water. Hi, this is Steve Sanchez, and based on a recent study, it was found that 57 million Americans had legal issues over the last 12 months, but only 60% of those studied sought out the services of a lawyer. Why? In a nutshell, affordability. While my friends at Legal Shield have created a solution that can help you not if, but when you need an attorney. For as little as $17 per month, Legal Shield will provide you unlimited access to qualified attorneys at an accomplished law firm for advice and counsel on legal issues no matter how serious or trivial. For over 40 years and with 1.4 million families across North America, Legal Shield can help you, the loyal GCN listener. Representatives are standing by now to answer your questions, so call them now at 1-855-340-SAVE. That's 1-855-340-7283 or visit them at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. A little over a year ago, I began to do a lot of research into why, even though I had a pretty good-sized meal, that I was still starving. And my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there and discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months. 
simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. Check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's InfoWarsTeam.com. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the podcast, The Gold Standard of Paranormal Radio. On the Powercast with Gene and Chris, Daryl Sims joins us. We've been focusing on his abduction experiences, his research, a little bit about his military and official background, and now Chris has been asking him questions, including one focusing from Burns State about his research. Daryl? The, uh, the implants that uh, we removed first out of the first two people, very interestingly, were um, objects that, uh, that were, according to New Mexico Tech, uh, from the Widman-Staten structure meteorite. These are lamellar or needle-like projections, about a quarter of an inch long. One of them was in a perfect T formation, wrapped in the abductee's own skin. The skin itself is curious because that can't be inside the human body. The surface skin keratin, the keratinous mass can't be inside the body. And that's, some, that's the reason the pathologist didn't even believe the story at all. He said, that can't be. That just cannot be. He said, because there's no inflammatory response around the object. And we can come up with all kinds of ideas of why that is, but that's, that's conjecture on anybody's part. But the fact is that the, the scientific analysis uh, showed to be uh, uh, lamellar projections from the Winmatstaten or the Yachung meteorite. I'm willing to send those reports to uh, the scientist in question here, if he wants to email me or contact you guys and forward it to me, it makes no difference to me. They can go to alienhunter.org and click on Alien Hunter and ask the question, and I'll be glad to send them the reports. It's no big secret. When we had uh, Roger Lear on the program, he made a special point of, uh, of emphasizing this lack of, uh, of infection around these objects, that um, if they could figure out how that was done, this could be a, a medical breakthrough, like you mentioned before. It could almost lead to a Nobel Prize, probably. So what other types of materials have been found? I know that there's a wide variety uh, of implant shapes and sizes. Um, I've seen uh, your collection. Some of them look uh, fairly mundane to my untrained eyes, but but some of them are, are fairly peculiar. Have you ever had one, uh, let's say, that was transmitting or giving off some sort of signal or um, in any way uh, showing some sort of electronic capabilities? Well, I, I could tell you, but I'd have to kill Chris. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that probably ought to be done anyway. Uh, okay, by the way, right now the listeners are going to hear that. <laughs> and the headline's going to say, Daryl Sims threatens Chris O'Brien. Okay, here we go. We've been buddies for years. Uh, the fact is, I probably have to kill myself first. The fact is, we have a, a remarkable uh, object inside. It was inside a lady's brain. It's on the front of my book on the Im- implants. And it's uh, the size of a, uh, of a lifesaver. It's inside her skull. It's a remarkable object. And uh, it was there for... In 1996, uh, the object moved to the other side of the skull. Uh, 1984 is when the, the implant was first seen. She was in a car accident, and uh, they took a, an x-ray of her head, and they said, what in the world is that? And it's lifesaver size, very radio-opaque, and they had no idea what it was. In 1990, uh, the object moved to the left side of the brain. 1996, the object disappeared. And what's amazing about it now, if you go to my website on Alien Hunter, you'll see the same 
You can see that information, but you can see a new implant in the woman's arm. Did she ever report any sort of nocturnal visitations or any experiences like that? Or was this something that just totally kind of showed up uh, as a surprise? It uh, definitely was uh, nocturnal and even daytime visits. The, the important thing about this lady's case is I told her to go down and get an, uh, an x-ray of the object, which is the uh, size of a large pill inside her arm. And you can see it on the site. Because I, I made a, a video, she made a video for me, and they did an x-ray, and it won't show up on x-ray. I said, well, that's really odd. I said, well, go get an MRI. They got an MRI, and of course, there's just like hundreds of these little shots, and it didn't show up on MRI, reportedly. And that's got everybody kind of baffled. And so our next uh, opportunity, I go to Brazil. We're going to go down there and do a surgery on the... Uh, this lady's arm and then on a lady's foot. I've got an object about an inch and a half long inside a lady's foot. And it's a doctor's wife of all things. How many implants have you uh, recovered uh, to date now? Well, it's, it's hard to say. The, the, the term implant is, those are terms that people use uh, rather generically. Right. And it, they kind of don't, that kind of doesn't mean anything. Everybody claims that something in their body is an implant. That's just not true. Implants are extremely rare. And people that say they're not are people who are tend who just want to make money, or who right. want to scare people. That's just, I'm glad just you said true. that. Yeah, it's just not true. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the second thing is that um, the uh, objects that you find in these people, uh, some of them we found uh, we found four little uh, tiny gold spheres that were inside a little girl's nose on two different occasions. Uh, she does report consciously of a little uh, strange man with black eyes with a large bulbous head in the room and uh, the mother uh, forwarded me the objects. I sent them off to York University under the care of Dr. Nick Balakas and uh, he gave it to a tenured professor. The tenured professor sent me the information back and he said you're 51% silver, 49% gold and he said I tried to manufacture the exact same thing and he said they're size of a pinhead. He said I was not able to manufacture that and he said, and I don't know why I can't get the same consistency. I just don't understand that. And I said, I don't either. I said, it still doesn't make them alien. It just makes them unusual and strange. They're about the size of a pinhead. And our next test will be to send those off to get isotopic ratios done to see if the silver and gold is from here. Interesting. So, have any of these objects at all exhibited any sort of electronic capabilities, any sort of uh, tracking, homing? device uh, sending uh, uh, biophysical information of some kind? Do we have any sort of transmission capability of these things? Well, I, I can't, I, I can't, I, I'm, I'm kind of under the, under the gun here. I've heard people make claims and seen no evidence of it under the same circumstance. Uh, I just had um, two people come to me this last month and a half. Uh, both are, uh, ones, both are assistant attorney generals. And one of them is acting, and the other one is just retired. And the just retired one ended up one night getting five uh, objects inside the back of his leg. This guy is tough as nails. He is not given to weird stories and so on. He had seen UFOs during his tenure in the military, has a very interesting background and so on. The same day he ended up with the five objects in the back of his leg, his sister called him the next day complaining of a leg injury. She went to the hospital and they found five objects in the back of her leg too apparently this done the same day but what we want to do ultimately is test some of these objects under the under ideal conditions 
to see if we can, number one, pick up any transmissions, or two, see if we can activate them in some particular way. And that's all I can say about that. Yeah, but 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 for prior cases, uh, over the last 30 years, you know, I have heard some claims of this sort. Roger Lear was one person uh, a number of years ago that made this claim, but I've never seen any corroborating evidence or any sort of, you know, proof that these things actually uh, exist. So if they do, you're saying they're, they're very, very rare and uh, that you've never actually had some sort of device that, that could be determined that was transmitting or somehow it was electronic in nature. And no, it's not, wasn't, definitely not electronic. You'll find no evidence inside these objects that they are in fact, you, you won't find tech, so to speak, in these objects. If you find tech in an object, you're going to find in the vast majority of those cases, when you find them, they're going to be human-related, human-manufactured. Right. Hmm. That's, that's a rather disturbing thought. <laughs> yes. Especially if you don't know it's there. Wow. Uh, we, again, we have a bunch of questions here. And here's another interesting question. This comes from Eric the Red, who's one of our recent signups at forum.theparacast.com. He wants to know if you screen people in, a, in your questionnaire to determine if they've have some sort of ascribed supernatural or paranormal causes of a non-UFO nature prior to hypnagogic or hypnopompic states of paralysis and lucid dreaming. In other words, if, if an abductee is already predisposed to engage in false attributions, doesn't this demote their credibility in your mind? His follow-up question would be, what methods do you use that would capture evidence for confabulation and false attribution, which, which you kind of already stated. But how do you separate the wheat from the chaff here and, and determine a person's uh, predisposition uh, about what they claim is happening? By and large, many abductees, and I, and I have online support group for this, uh, by and large, most abductees do not want this experience, and they don't go around bragging about how I just got abducted again last night and so on and so on. Uh, in our support group online, it's real interesting because if you if you get on there and you're not really an abductee, that's going to be found out like very quickly. Or if they find out that you're a wannabe, and they'll you'll simply remove you from the site. But for me, I use a series of things. I'm a handwriting analyst. One of the things I'll look at while you fill out your forms, and I'm monitoring you during this using this technique of determining whether you're lying, telling the truth, or even hallucinating. I'll look at your handwriting, and in that handwriting analysis, if you have an, an ability to exaggerate or to lie, uh, confabulate, and this sort of thing, it shows up in your handwriting as well. We'll talk about more of this in a moment with Daryl Sims and Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. A little right, a little left, but always independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network, GCN. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We 
the People Grow Cotton, Weave Fabric, Engrave Ink, Embed Strips and Fibers to protect from counterfeit and carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Hi, Ted Anderson. I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Question. Could too many GMO foods and toxins be overloading your digestive and immune systems? Answer, yes. If you're searching for a powerful detox that's gentle enough to use every day, use Pro-EM1 from Terraganics. Pro-EM1 is a powerful liquid probiotic that uses good bacteria to suppress pathogens and gently eliminate toxins from your body. A healthy digestive system will cleanse and remove toxins, support weight loss, improve absorption of food nutrients, and aid in controlling yeast and other infections. Pro-EM1 is made with only non-GMO and certified organic ingredients, has no preservatives, and is dairy, soy, wheat, and gluten-free. Pro-EM1 is the key to your digestive health. Order Pro-EM1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com, or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Also available through Amazon Prime. Pro-EM1 from Terraganics. Life's getting better. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. I should mention, in passing, that the ex-wife of the late Jim Mosley, Sandra Mosley, was a handwriting analyst. But Daryl Sims, that's kind of controversial. It's not generally recognized that handwriting analysis can deliver such characteristics of people, is it? It, it is. If it, what I tell people is, look, there's no such thing as, as handwriting analysis being ineffective. It's the, only the person that was ineffective if they're not very good at it. Uh, I have uh, two felony charges uh, per, uh, given to me by the DA against the case I just prosecuted. Uh, in that case, uh, the individual forged the signature of my client as a private investigator and i did the evaluation and the analysis on that signature and showed it to be his own uh he got a felony for that and a felony for cheating around one hundred and eighteen thousand dollars. so he got two felonies and went off to the federal penitentiary okay so other than handwriting are there any other things that someone might indicate to you or present to you that would indicate they're capable of deception uh, sure. The, the, any, when people have these events, there are certain marks, scars. If you've, if you've been abducted last night, you come up to me and say, oh, I was abducted last night, physically taken. No question about it. It wasn't a dream. It wasn't any of these things. And most of these people don't know. Uh, one of the things that I'll find on these people, if, if the event was very, very recent, is a fluorescent marking on these people. It's like as if the alien uh, produced a sweat and it, it leaves a... Uh, an impression on the on the skin of the individual, on the abductee or contactee, in which uh, it'll penetrate the skin subdermally, and uh, you can't get it off. You can't. Uh, you can't. I, I discovered this in 1992, but you can't get this stuff off anything. I mean, it's, it'll finally the body will absorb it within uh, a day or two. But that's another marker that we look for. There are a dozen markers that we look for, but we just don't tell people because we don't want them to know. Right. Yeah, that makes They're sense. Real, they don't have to know. 
Yeah. How often do you have people contact you uh, in a timely manner? Someone that you, let's say, are not familiar with, who is referred to you, or people that you're already working with? Uh, do people generally, are they able to recollect right away that something has happened? What do you counsel uh, these people? This is a question from Steve C. at uh, com. You know, do, do you, when you work with families involved with abduction, what do you tell them? Uh, and do you give them any suggestions to help them prevent these events from happening? Or do you have a hands-off kind of approach? Well, I, I'm very, very concerned about these people. Cause I, I mean, I, I, my work is philanthropic. I don't charge them a dime for anything. No one's paid for their surgeries or any other thing that we've done for them in the UFO realm. I don't charge these people because I went through the same thing myself, and I, I, I just have no uh, compunction at all to charge them anything for anything I do. Well, I don't care whether it's therapeutic or any, in any other way that I work with them. So, um, uh, or whether we have doctors and everything, I get them to volunteer. But one of the things that we do with these people is to uh, advise them. I have an all-black family back in Pennsylvania, as an example. Again, I, I talked to the lady over the phone, and she was referred to me by a, a very, a very uh, fine man up in, in Canada. And I asked the lady, I said, what nationality are you? You don't land. She said, well, Mr. Sims, I'm black. And I said, yes, ma'am, I understand. I, I, I do. I said, but you're probably not pure anything. What are, are you anything else? And she said, well, we're Cherokee Irish. And again, the same thing. And you hear this so much. Uh, I just laughed. And anyway, we went up there and did an investigation in Pennsylvania. The entire family, with the exception, three generations, with the exception of the father, are all abductees. And I've never seen that before. And you rarely ever see it with black people. And I asked her, I said, what is it about black people? I said, I know you, you folks get abducted just like we do and anyone else out there. And I said, you're no different than anyone else. Why is it that black people often won't report this? And she laughed and said, because we don't like to be labeled like that or thought like that. And I said, do you have a term for it? She said, yeah, it's called riding the witch. It's when something like gets on your chest and pressures your chest and you can't breathe and and, uh, and anyway, she said, we just use this general term, riding the witch, uh, because we don't uh, we don't know how to deal with that. We don't. And she said, until I talked to you, I didn't even know how to deal with this. But I worked with the family, the six year old daughter, every one of them and, and gave them uh, advice about how to deal with it. And, and, and for and one, of them, one of them came to our support group and uh, the really wonderful people. And they all proved up to be totally credible and just as honest as the day is long. Well, that leads me to another question from one of our listeners, a brand new poster named Aussie, who uh, just signed up on February 9th at forum.theparacast.com. And he wants to know, Daryl, how widespread do you think the alien abduction phenomenon is around the world? Well, you know, of course, we've heard Bud Hopkins, David Jacobs saying millions of people have been abducted. And he goes on to say, do you think, for example, one in a hundred people have been abducted, and if they know it or not, or fifty in a hundred, is this being hidden, covered up? Is it happening significantly more than we are aware? What's your take on that? My take is that I I couldn't answer that perfectly because I don't have access to all information. Since I don't know all and see all, I have to answer from my own experience. It would be my guess that uh, a lot of people are being taken and or have had some type of an event, and I'll give you I'll highlight this a bit. But I have 1,600 cases worldwide that I'm working on or have worked on. Uh, I've done worked on thousands of cases or interviewed them, thousands, but uh, some of them with Bud Hopkins and other people. But the point is that when I went to Turkey 
I told those people, I said, a few people that are abductees here, I said, 45% of you be Native American, Indian, Irish, Celtic. And they all laughed and said, Mr. Sims, we love your work, but we're Turks. <laughs> Get it? We're Turks. And I said, doesn't make any difference. And not long after that, one of the professors of the, of the university there came to America, did DNA testing with certain Native American tribes in the North in particular, and tested the DNA against the Turks and found out that the Turks are Native American, Indian, Irish, Turk. And they had a gigantic festival wow. about that. They loved it. And, I, and they all, of course, wrote and said, oh, my God, you were right. And I said, it's not about me being right. I said, these are the stats. The stats are not going to change. Wow. But I think that a lot of people are abducted. Many of them don't know because, again, the programming is that you will not remember and so on. Or you, and if you have evidence, you'll do everything you can to destroy it or forget it or simply not tell the investigator. And that happens all the time. Well, here's a, a, an interesting case uh, that I had kind of forgotten about, but uh, I'm glad that uh, Rigiwa has brought it up, one of our posters at forum.theparacast.com. And he says, Daryl, what exactly happened with the John Edmonds case uh, in Arizona? Can you give us as much detail as you can? Was it true that Bigelow got involved in this? It, it, he says, allegedly, there were alien tissue samples and fluids that were collected and studied by uh, William C. Levengood, who's not a, who was not a doctor, by the way. What's happening with that particular uh, case? And uh, why don't you give our first-time listeners just a, a quick thumbnail sketch of the background, because this is one of the few cases where an altercation, a physical altercation, occurred between a, a potential abductee and a, and a non-human, and uh, featuring, what, a samurai sword or something, if I remember right? Sure. We've had several cases where uh, uh, altercations occurred between the abductee. Uh, they are, by and large, rare to happen. Uh, and uh, John and I had been talking before, and uh, I uh, had used the samurai sword in a number of my events uh, looking for the alien, particularly when uh, we had a, an abductee from Brazil that lived in our home at the time. And uh, they came in and, uh, and got her on three, three occasions. Uh, anyway, in the case of John, uh, John and I, uh, we know each other very well, and he's a very good guy. And he, uh, we had talked, and he I said, they make mistakes, and sometimes you can uh, capitalize on those errors. They just make mistakes, and most people don't pay attention to that, so they don't have a clue. Uh, he did have a clue. He put his sword right next to his bed in hopes that one night that they would make a mistake when they were either getting him or his wife, because he was sick of it. And uh, I totally agree with that viewpoint, by the way. And um, two of them, uh, several of the entities came into the room to what happened. And one of them right next to his bed, and he jumped up because they didn't tell him, you can't move, you're paralyzed, you won't remember, or what. They made a mistake. They didn't do anything. So when you wake up and you see the entity standing there, and you don't like them, and you got a sword standing there, what do you think you might do? Well, he uh, rammed it through him, and a chunk of the DNA landed on the floor, and his two Rottweilers were out. <laughs> I think it was two. We got to break it here. And then find out about those creatures. We have Daryl Sims joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, 
head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Hi, this is Steve Spillum for Midas Resources. In 1971, President Nixon took the United States off the gold standard and put us into a fiat currency. This allowed Congress and the Federal Reserve to create trillions of dollars out of thin air. The national debt has risen to incredible heights, and your hard-earned dollars buy a small fraction of what they once did. The average life expectancy for a fiat currency is 27 years. The dollar is failing and on borrowed time. When currencies fall, people turn to gold and silver because gold and silver have been real money for more than 5,000 years. It is our mission at Midas Resources resources to help you preserve your capital. Don't let your personal savings shrink to nothing. For important free information on how you can protect your personal wealth, contact me, Steve Spillum, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 308. Call today while we are still accepting dollars for gold and silver. 1-800-686-2237, extension 308. Make a change in your financial security today. That's 1-800-686-2237, extension 308. Great news, pure water lovers. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has a special discount offer for all GCN listeners. You can't do better than a Big Berkey for economy. For only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. There's none better than a Big Berkey for emergency preparedness as a backup water source. And you just can't beat a Big Berkey to remove dangerous chlorine, all types of fluoride, pathogenic bacteria, cysts, parasites, and unhealthy bodies products from municipal water. Berkey water filter systems are even powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. For the gold standard in water filters, get a Big Berkey at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And all GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. For details, call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey water filters for the love of clean water. There are many things the human body can do very well, but maintaining the proper pH level isn't always one of them. That's where AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops can make a world of difference. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops helps your body do what's natural. Just a few drops a day helps rid your body of harmful waste and acid while promoting health and restoring vibrance and energy. Alkalizing boosts your immune system and can help fight headaches, irritability, cramping, and insomnia. Alkalizing also helps the body fight depression and even bone loss. To learn more about the importance of alkalizing and how you can find life-changing and vital balance, please visit AlkaVision's brand new website at AlkaVision.com. Same great products, but now easier to use and more informative than ever before. To get your very own plasma pH drops for just $29.95, call 800-518-7615 or visit AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Alkalize your body and supercharge your health at the new AlkaVision.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. I love this story.
Okay. Two of those creatures hanging out there. Daryl Sims, tell us more about what happened. Those creatures were um, in the room, and of course he just impaled one of them. His two giant Rottweilers were out, and they attacked the other entities. <laughs> the next thing he notices, he's in bed the next morning. The DNA is still laying on the floor, and his two dogs have been put up like he was. Uh, that's The whole thing is rather curious. Uh, the two dogs died within, uh, within no more than, I think it's 60 days. They died, and the veterinarian said they cannot assimilate protein. And, of course, no one knew why. The only possible suggestion that anyone can imagine was that when they bit these entities, bit into them, they may have gotten something in them from the entity that uh, caused the two dogs to ultimately starve to death is what happened. It, wow. You know, so if you're an abductee, do not bite the alien. <laughs> okay. And keep your dogs away. Yeah. You know, we really feel sympathy towards the dogs. It's not their fault. Well, he lost the dogs. He got the DNA. He uh, mailed it to the DNA to Levin's Good. Levin's Good sent me the DNA to further go f- further with. He had done the best work that he could with it. And in his opinion, uh, it was... Uh, Literally, uh, some of the best the best evidence he had ever seen, and uh, there are other people that, are, that were looking at it at the time. And the, at that point, uh, I got the DNA and uh, started collecting some of these people and doing background checks on them, seeing if we could work with these people and how well they're going to work and so on. And uh, got three people, and all three of them bellied up on. It. Okay, this so is this is what you were telling us before about trying to analyze this DNA, and right. then you run into trouble. Chris, let's move to another question. Uh, did Bigelow get in, involved in that case? I think he did, didn't he? He did. In yeah, fact, that's, that's right. the case I was referring to where I, uh, I got a phone call from, DN- from Bigelow's two uh, uh, henchmen, uh, called themselves ex-FBI. And I said, uh, anyway, long story short, it, we had some uh, sharp words, and uh, they said I needed to give the evidence to them. And I said, uh, why? They said, because the best people are going to look at it. And I said, the best people are going to look at it. And I said, what makes you think that I can't get that done? And I said, and how do I know that that stuff, when it gets looked at by you guys, how do I know where, where it went, who has it or what? Oh, we'll take care of everything. I said, that's fine. I said, but I, I like to, the buck stops here. Chris, let's move on to other questions. There's so okay, many there. Uh, here's one from uh, Bobo Dean, who uh, is one of our uh, well-armed uh, listeners. Uh, anything that has to do with guns, he's uh, generally there with a, an opinion. And he wants to know, he said, Daryl, you're a former uh, military guy, former cop, private investigator. Obviously, you're armed. You probably have a license to carry concealed. Kind of paraphrasing here. If you saw an alien and you were in a position to pull out your weapon and fire on it, would you fire on it? I was in a position. I was abducted when I was 14 years old out in the desert, broad daylight, hunting rabbits in Almogordo, New Mexico, between Holloman and Almogordo. And I was, uh, I was, I know that the abduction took place. Uh, and one of the ways that you can notice this, even when they put you back in the same exact position you were, and that, that causes, it induces amnesia is what it does. The problem is I have this propensity to open my eyes at the wrong time. I've even done this in surgery, uh, even on a general anesthetic. And I open my eyes and I realize I'm still holding my 22 rifle with 17 rounds in it. And I notice the entity is walking away from me. And I wasn't supposed to open my eyes or wake up or whatever. And at, at that moment, I said, what in the world? And as I thought that in my, my head, he turned around. He heard every word I said. And it's the first time in my life I ever saw an entity scared, ever. And he was scared because I could hear his thinking as well. He thought I was going to shoot him. 
I never did, but I did chase after him after I got my sense about me. And, uh, and he'd gone way out in the bush and everything and, uh, and the bushes and so on there in the desert. And I found where his footsteps stopped. So if I was hallucinating all of it, somebody left some pretty interesting footmarks from my body all the way out to where he disappeared. And I have never shot any of them, don't have any interest in that. What I would like to do is catch one of them. And I've come close three different times. Very briefly, before we get to other questions, you came close. Give us an example. My senior investigator, the engineer type I was telling you about, uh, says, I get abducted every year when I go on vacation, Daryl. Why don't you just bring some investigators with you up to uh, the Snowmass Wilderness and see if we can see them there? And I said, fantastic idea. So we went on uh, two different occasions. And on one occasion, on the very last night, the seventh night we were there, uh, everyone, I can't tell you the whole protocols, but, but there's a whole system we use. The last night, everyone there heard or knew about the entities being there in the area. We had a trained uh, observer all night long that was set up every night who was a, a pilot from, uh, it was a, a captain actually from uh, a major airline. He volunteered to stay up every night. And of course, I knew the alien wouldn't walk in front of him. That I wanted to walk behind us back where our tents were. And the entity, one of the entities actually came out and actually scratched on the side of my tent. And I could see the shadow of his body from the lantern we had uh, some distance away. And he had a head that was one third the size of his body, a little tiny guy. And I just could not believe how blam. I'd, I'd never blam, seen blam. an entity like that before. I'd just never seen it. And I had a large Cutco knife on the other side, inside the tent. And I was going to stick it through the tent and impale him. And at least have the body. And I got to thinking, wait a minute, the guy's going to try to get it in anyway. So I'll just let him get in because they'll nuke the tent. That means uh, he'll be able to walk through it, so to speak. But as I saw him through the tent, I wanted to see after all these years, could I still communicate with that entity, even though I'm not technically an abductee anymore? And I was able to do that. And I was stunned that that entity, in my opinion, had no thought process in his head until it was given. I was sounds, just, it sounds like a robotic creature, yeah, like a like a biobot. Yes, interesting. Well, that brings up you know you mentioned that uh, you were not an abductee anymore. Uh, based on my research and uh, the amount of work that I've done educating myself in this particular realm, which isn't as much obviously as you and others, but one thing that I notice is once you hit about thirty, thirty-five, then they seem to lose interest in you. Uh, do you find this in your cases? Uh, what percentage of cases uh, report you know, these types of interactions after, let's say, the age of 30, 35? Um, probably uh, well over uh, half of my cases are uh, 30 years and above. And I've had people up to 89 years old still being abducted. That's really? fairly rare, but I've had them that old. The uh, the AGs that are uh, the, the one just retired uh, is probably close to 55, maybe 60 now. And he just got five objects. We don't know what they are. He calls them. I don't know what they are yet. They're, they're fascinating. Five objects in the back of his leg and five in, in his sister's leg on the same day. And uh, he's an abductee and in my opinion still is, of course. But uh, but I've, I've got. Uh, People on my website, uh, on my interactive uh, website with the, uh, with, uh, for abductees and contactees, uh, uh, just for them, a support group, and many of them are uh, 30 years and above. Huh. See, I was always under the impression that it generally petered out about that time. This is news to me. I, I love it when I learn new stuff. 
Here's a question. Here's a, a, a whole bunch of questions from Trained Observer, who's one of our longtime posters. Uh, he's rapidly approaching the 5,000 message club, which I think he'd be the only member of. <laughs> I'll tell really you what, active. let's start with Trained Observer's question yeah. in our next segment. With Gene and Chris, we have Daryl Sims here. More to come. You're in the Paracast. Independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk for every political persuasion. We are GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com we travel so much, and having a fake TV, well, it gives added peace of mind. Burglars look for houses that appear to be easy targets, but fake TV can fool even professional burglars into thinking someone is home watching television. As a recent widow living alone, it gives me great peace of mind to set my fake TV near a window and know that passing motorists and pedestrians will think someone is home watching TV when I'm actually away from home. Fake TV easily plugs into any outlet, just like a light on a timer. And they're so easy to use, you just plug them in and they're ready to go. Plus, they're so affordable that we have one upstairs and downstairs. Fake TV is only $29.95 with free shipping. Order your fake TV by calling 877-5-FAKE-TV or go to faketv.com. That's 877-532-5388 or faketv.com. Fake TV, the burglar deterrent. Now you can get the same survival food U.S. Special Forces use on their toughest field missions. High-protein, high-energy, freeze-dried foods known as long-range patrol rations or LERPs. Soldiers love LERP rations. They're lightweight and easy to carry. Easy to prepare by just adding water. Easy to enjoy because they taste great. Civilians love LERPs as a solution for emergency preparedness and recreational activities with limited storage space, such as hiking, climbing, sailing, or RV travel. Veteran-owned Freeze-Dry Guy is your exclusive source for this 2013 U.S. military overrun. Long on nutrition, these delicious entrees have a long shelf life, lasting decades. But this rare opportunity, this limited supply, will not last long. You have to act now. Call 866-404-3663, 866-404-FOOD. Or log on now to freezedryguy.com, freezedryguy.com. It's that time of year again, and you know what that means. Cold and flu season. <laughs> but don't worry. HerbalHealer.com has you and your loved ones covered with our safe and natural products. 
Cold and flu fighters like beta-glucans, olive leaf antiviral capsules, grapefruit seed extract, HHA four herb capsules, elderberry power and respirate. And don't forget about oregacillin for the lungs, normally $34.95, on sale now for only $25. Vitamin D3 120-count soft gels, only $9. Whole body and homeopathic detoxes for the lungs, kidneys, liver, lymph, and brain, normally $26.95, now just $20. Herbalhealer.com also offers correspondence courses to teach you how to handle your health naturally. And as always, new customers get a free 128-page catalog with your order. Visit Herbalhealer.com and click the Winter Specials button to save on our natural cold and flu fighting products. Herbalhealer.com, healing the world with nature, one person at a time, since 1988. Hi, my name is Richard Dolan. You're listening to the Paracast. So Trained Observer, one of our really loyal posters, asks some very detailed questions of Daryl Sims. We can't get to all of them, Chris, but maybe ask a cross-section. Well, he's interested in your role in the uh, the new television program Uncovering Aliens. Now, I, I realize that this is a production in progress, and you're, you're not really, you're kind of handcuffed somewhat with what you can talk about, uh, most importantly, the upcoming shows. But Give us a sense of how you are responding to how you're being portrayed and your fellow investigators are being portrayed, Maureen, Mike Barra, um, and the English guy who I'm not familiar with. How do you think uh, that's that's actually turning out based on your expectations? Well, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with the, the show overall, and it is TV. Everybody should please understand, it's TV. And uh, if I were doing an investigation, is that the exact way I would do it? Of course not. I mean, it would take, uh, you'd have to have an hour show every night, just uh, uh, one case alone, and you'd have to go through it pretty quickly. Right. But the fact is that it's TV and it's fun. The wonderful thing about it, it does give us a chance to show people uh, evidence, uh, like in the, uh, one of the cases there, we uh, investigated the case of uh, aluminum type material that was ejected from a UFO and landed on the ground, and it had high levels of strontium in it. Uh, other uh, testing that was done with it uh, shows that the object, in fact, isn't from here. Whoever made it, it made it somewhere else, and it doesn't appear to be on the planet. You don't normally go down to the store and pick up some strontium and a few other things and put it in, a, in an aluminum package, so to speak, and then throw it on somebody's yard and say, hey, hope they think it's alien. Well, did you take radiation readings of this? Because one of his questions is, it, 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 you weren't shown taking readings on that object that was presented to Mike Barra for analysis, and now you're saying there was chromium in it. That is correct. The fact is, we wanted it to go to the lab right off, because the lab, you got to understand what I do is tech, not science. It's tech. I use tech equipment to help me ascertain what needs to be looked at, looked at in the scientific realm. So the very first thing I wanted to do, because I was impressed with what we did find and the story of the individual, and it was consistent with, with a lot of things. It, it passed some of my smell tests, so to speak. And what I wanted to do is get this to the lab right off the bat. Mike felt the same way. So did Maureen and Steve. They took it off, took it to the lab, and uh, Nick Ryder did the uh, testing on it, was one of the people. It's, it's being tested now in other labs. And I even have a sample of it and, and some other materials that appear to be extraterrestrial from a craft. Hold on. You say it appears to be extraterrestrial from a craft. How do you determine that? 
Well, if the story is true, it fell from the craft, so at least came from a craft. It may not be part of the craft. And in my opinion, just as a guesstimate, and I'm strictly guessing because I don't know, I would suspect that uh, that we're being spoon-fed. Okay, but you're not really answering the question here. It came from a craft. How do you know it came from a craft, and how do you know it's extraterrestrial? Well, two people saw the object fall from the craft, the um, one they shot at with a shotgun, by the way. Uh, and they, uh, the object fell on the ground on their, their driveway, and th- th- all the tests that were, were done on the object is consistent with their story, it appears to be. And, of course, nobody could ultimately prove much of anything because we weren't there and, and we don't know. Okay, but if you have some kind of artifact that clearly is not of this earth, it doesn't matter at that point so much what the original claim is, it enhances that claim, of course, because you're stuck with something that's the actual smoking gun that we're being visited. So I would like to know more. Like I said, the, we're actually going further with more testing, and there's a second object in another earlier case, uh, the Bob White case, and we're finding that the objects are so close together in the testing that's amazing. And we want to do some further testing, uh, and I'm friends with both of these people. Uh, they both have sent me samples uh, just in case there should ever disappear so that we'll have samples uh, here as well. And again, again, we're just pretty impressed with the with the tests that have gone on. And Nick Ryder is, uh, did a very, uh, very effective uh, set of tests on it. And uh, these will be made public in the very near future, I believe. Is Bob White still alive? I thought he was passed. Yeah. No, he is passed away. Larry is taking over the business now and is handling uh, all of his evidence. Listeners, by the way, if you want to find out about Bob White, we have a show where two of the guests are no longer with us, Dr. Jesse Marcel Jr. and Bob White, August 1st, 2006. Chris, let's move on with the questions. And well, Darryl, here's, here's one more. Just one thing before we go on. Daryl, we need you to keep the answers short because we've got one and a half segments left. Go ahead, please. No, Mike Barra, this is another question from Trained Observer, by the way, and, and he says that Mike Barra is being billed as an aeronautical engineer and a major skeptic on the show. And he says, in his opinion, given that Barra is neither, what effect do you think this has on the credibility of the show? His job is to be skeptical on the, on the show and to give a critical eye on everything that is done. And uh, uh, I think generally he does a pretty good job on that because he... In other words, we're not there to rubber stamp everything. Oh, my gosh, it's alien, and it must be from another planet, or it's got to be this, or it's got to be that. Uh, So we'll often hand off the evidence to him and and to Maureen and have them uh, uh, go to the labs and do the testing and this sort of thing. My job is is to collect evidence. It's not to pass judgment on what it is or it isn't, because I ultimately don't know. My ultimate answer is going to be, what did the labs find? And that's going to be pretty much the answer. Now, who, who, whose idea was to dress you up as Wyatt Earp? Uh, I actually uh, dress this way quite a bit myself, especially if I'm bounty hunting. And uh, particularly, like, I've got a guy I'm going to go after. It's going to be at the Houston Livestock Rodeo. And there's no better way to dress than to be <laughs> just exactly like him when I get there. Because I've got a confidential informant that tells me he's going to be there. Well, that and long I, leather and- overcoat, uh, heck, you could you could hide some serious artillery in that thing if you wanted to. I have at times when necessary. <laughs> and by the way, I am licensed to carry a handgun. I would hope so, uh, given your uh, occupation. 
I think Rick Perry's office is on the phone now asking about you. Chris, what's the next question? <laughs> well, we have covered a lot of ground. Daryl, you've been great. Uh, this is so much fun to get you on the show and, and, and to talk to you because you're one of the few people out there that, that, uh, that actually really, I think, is trying to do this as scientifically and as expeditiously as possible as a non-scientist. And, and you really are out there uh, helping people. One of the questions I would have is, why do certain investigators and researchers attract a particular kind of case after it appears that they have come up with enough data to, to create an opinion in their mind? In other words, David Jacobs uh, has the, the hybrid cases. Bud Hopkins attracted a specific type. Leo Sprinkle attracts the benevolent space brother uh, abductees, and the list goes on and on. You seem to have much more of a broader spectrum of cases that are attracted to you. Do you see people being attracted to a particular type of, of abduction researcher? Do you see that parallel? I do, and uh, I, I, I had this discussion with Leo Sprinkle, who I, I think a lot about. He's a nice guy. And I had this discussion in particular with uh, Dr. Uh, John Mack when I was in Istanbul, Turkey. And John asked me this question. He says, how is it that I end up with contactees and you end up with abductees? And I said, well, actually, John, I end up with both. I said, the reason you end up with contactees most of the time, and I said, and we are having a, uh, an intellectual discussion. And when we use the term argument, we mean not fighting. We're just discussing. He said, that's correct. I said, in my opinion, you don't know the difference between recall and memory, and you're hypnotizing the person's screen memory, the screen memory the alien gave them, and that causes them to go into a screen dream, which means there is a never-ending story that will go on forever. It never even happened. And that's just my opinion, sir. All right. Now, of course, I'd ask you logically then, how do we know that all of these abduction experiences aren't themselves screen memories? to hide what really happened and you can answer that question on the other side we have one more segment coming up and maybe um, another question or two from the audience we have daryl sims he of course is known as the alien hunter we're trying to hunt down them aliens and see what's really going on with gene and chris you're in the paracast Network for the independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com. 
This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right. General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for under $30,000. You heard right. That's 5,000 square feet under $30,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100-foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Take delivery in spring. 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. Most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. Many Americans suffer from poor digestion, which can adversely affect their health. For you guys who have digestive issues, glutathione is amazingly important for inflammatory bowel disease, ulcerative colitis, Crohn's disease, stomach cancer. The glands of the stomach produce lots of glutathione. So glutathione's got multiple roles to play, and one of the best ways to upregulate to make more glutathione is to take the building blocks, glycine being one of the most important of the building blocks for making glutathione. Your ultimate enzymes contain something called trimethylglycine. We know it as betaine. We talk about betaine as an important ingredient for acidification, for keeping the pH of the stomach nice and low. But betaine can also help you make glutathione. Help your body build glutathione. Order Ultimate Enzymes by calling 866-735-2470. That's 866-735-2470. Or on the web at brightsideben.com. That's brightsideben.com. Order today. Hello, this is Rosemary Ellen Guiley, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So, Daryl Sims, the alien hunter, on the Paracast. And I ask you this question again for our listeners just tuning in. How do you know that all of these abduction experiences, or most of them, aren't themselves screen memories of something else well one of the problems with uh, hallucination is it doesn't happen to everybody the same way it just that just doesn't happen well screen memories means a deliberate attempt to create a memory that's false well now a screen can be can also be uh, a person uh can have a screen memory from an event Uh, in other words i had one case where the lady told me there's alien there was these beings around her 
and that uh, they were aliens. I said, how do you know that? And I listened to her story, and she was not an abductee, but she had a real event. And finally, uh, I used some of my memory recovery techniques, and finally, at that point, she freaked out, cried and screamed and everything, and finally admitted it was her brother that was over her and that had molested her, and it was not an alien whatsoever. So in that, that case, was it was a screen memory. It was a memory that was placed there by the subconscious to hide something that was traumatic. To protect her, absolutely. All right, but then we go back to the same story again. How do we know that something else didn't happen and that a lot of these memories of so-called alien abductions were themselves fake? Either our subconscious makes them happen or whatever force is causing these things to happen is creating these memories. Uh, I have a, a, a document I'll be glad to send anybody to answer that question. It's quite long. But basically, I'll give you an example. A lady came to me. Uh, she was a surgical nurse, retired. Uh, Bud Hopkins and I were going to dinner, and, I, and she said, please work with me. And I said, sweetie, I, and long story short, she filled out my paperwork, 20-some pages long. I came back 10 o'clock at night, had to leave the next morning, and I said, okay, okay, I'll work with you. And uh, verified that she was a nurse and so on. And she said, I, 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 there was this, should I divorce my husband? And it's a long story, but basically she said somewhat, I, I remember this, two dark shadows in the room and I went to a hypnotist and he couldn't get past that. There were, I said, it's called a block. I said, sometimes we found as many as three of these in, one, in a person's memory. You either saw something or heard something you weren't supposed to hear or see or report. Anyway, so I described, went through the event and I did, what, I did something rather interesting. I uh, took her event and I went through it backwards. And to do that, what that when you do that, uh, it you can't you can't uh, lie backwards, so to speak. That's the best answer I can give you right now. You can't lie backwards. Cops use that technique all the time in questioning, if they're any good at uh, in investigation, interrogations, interviewing, as they call it now. And basically, what I found is that they that they had a large bendable needle inside her navel, and very similar to the Betty Barney Hill case, uh, actually before that, a couple of years before, and uh, she got pregnant. And I said, of course, she doesn't know anything about UFOs. And I'm like, wait a minute. So they came and got the baby. She says, why are you saying that? Long story short, she had a son, and it was not due to her husband. They did not have sex during this time for some pretty obvious reasons. He did not have sex with that woman. Uh, and I said, are you telling me that, uh, that you had a son? She said, I did. And said, and anyway, I said, is there any way that I could get a DNA test from him? She said, uh, she said, I, I could, we could probably arrange that. And, uh, and since then I found out that he's agreed to this. The point is that if we can do a DNA test on her, I don't think we're going to find that she has an alien baby. I don't think that's true at all. I think in these cases, you're going to find that the father is not the daddy. But that's not going to interest anybody because they're going to say, well, she's just sleeping around. The second thing is we're going to find that the mommy is not the mommy. That's going to be the kicker. That would be interesting. It would. Boy, that would be a slam dunk right there. That that, that would be irrefutable. Only one case in DNA that shows that. And on the DNA test, it actually asks if you want to test for that kind of a test because it is possible. I wonder if that case was, in fact, UFO-related. Chris, are we out of questions? Well, this is from Joey22, who's one of uh, our longtime uh, members at forum.theparacast.com. He doesn't post much, but uh, here's the question. And it's a good one. As someone who has devoted a good portion of your life to this subject, what keeps you going? 
I mean, what is the best evidence in your mind that proves abductions are actually taking place? Well, the best evidence is the fact that uh, my own case, uh, because I was there, and uh, I, uh, I am now trained to know the difference between uh, memory and recall, hallucinations, and so on. I worked in hypnotherapy clinic for four years, worked with every kind of case you can imagine. I'm a hypnotic anesthesia therapist. I take people to surgery and work with them in that context. So my own case is, is, a, is a primary example. But after having 1,600 others like unto that, goodness sakes, you all can't be imagining the same thing all over the world. A good point. That's the answer I give. <laughs> it's my own personal experiences. It's kind of hard to argue with them. You can question them. But you can't go into denial and stick your head in the sand and pretend that they didn't, you know, the events didn't happen. And so that's that's always my stock answer when people ask me. It's because I've I've seen too much and I've experienced too much to uh, to be in denial. Well, you know, there's there's a bunch of questions here about uh, firearms and, uh, you know, the justification for maybe discharging a firearm and the moral you know, questions that, that brings into, into play, but here's one. How about the Linda Cortile case? Uh, and you know, the infamous Br- Brooklyn bit bridge abduction. Now you, you were fairly good friends with bud and we know that he signed off on that case and stuck to it, uh, over the years. But, uh, have you met any of the other witnesses like Dan and Richard? Do you, have you interviewed them or have you gotten involved in this case in any way, shape or form? I generally don't get involved in other people's cases because um, it's it's kind of not my business, and I hate right. butting in on other people's uh, business. I really do. And I you hate it when that, other people do that to your case. Uh, yeah, like uh, Bigelow and people like that show up on my turf. Yeah, I right. do take personal offense to it. I do. It'll it'll get you kicked out of my business, and you won't be doing business with me. I mean, you, that's just disrespectful. Yeah, I did meet with Linda Cortile, um and uh, Matt had the privilege of meeting her, and we talked for a while. I was pretty impressed with the lady, and I think she's 100%. Well, uh, another question is, well, what can be done if one of our listeners out there or several of our listeners out there are actually undergoing these types of experiences in their life, other than contacting you and getting advice from you personally, what's a general rule of thumb that you could give uh, people to protect themselves? from these experiences or, or somehow dissuade these entities from continuing? Is there um, anything that can be done? Yes, there are a series of things that you can, uh, you can do, and uh, more than we have time to go in here. Again, I'll be glad to send those to anyone free. It's free of charge. I don't charge anything for this stuff. Uh, it's a philanthropic effort. I just believe that they ought to be helped if we can, and I'm glad to do it. Uh, I'll send that to them personally. Uh, one of the things you can do, uh, as one of my abductees did, she had me actually program her to defend herself and her children. They were threatening to get her kids if she told us any more information. And uh, long story short, uh, she uh, assaulted her captor on two different occasions and tore his eye cover off. Unfortunately, we didn't get the eye cover, uh, but we do have pretty good evidence that what she saw was consistent with other things we, we have evidence of as far back as Brazil in the Virginia event. You know, we could basically continue with another 1,000 questions here, and we'll not get to the bottom of it. We'll probably have you back on again in the real near future about this. Yeah, definitely. Daryl Sims, would you tell our listeners where they can find more of the stuff you do and maybe get a hold of you if they have questions or maybe an experience to report? Sure, be glad to. The, uh, the, the My website is alienhunter.org. 
And, uh, of course, I'm on Facebook, Alien Hunter, uh, Daryl Sims, The Alien Hunter. I have a lot of fun there for those of you who want to follow the TV programs and all of that. Uh, but AlienHunter.org is the place to go. You can click on Alien Hunter, uh, and it'll automatically email me, and I'll be glad to answer your questions uh, as best I can. I will send you information and help. For those of your abductees and contactees who want help, I'll help you personally, and uh, I answer every email that I get. If I don't answer, keep emailing because I missed it for whatever reason. But I'm glad to help you in any way I can. Chris O'Brien can be found at OurStrangePlanet.com. That's OurStrangePlanet.com. There you'll learn about his ongoing research and the book that's now at the printer, Stalking the Herd. You can find us on Facebook. We have two official Paracast fan clubs. We also are on Twitter, where we're known as The Paracast. We're The Paracast on Twitter. Or check out our main web portal, theparacast.com, theparacast.com for every single episode from February of 2006, available for free download. Daryl Sims, thank you for joining us on The Paracast. Thank you, gentlemen. The Paracast. Featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.